Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio on the airwave style at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are even more ready to smash the patriarchy after seeing Wonder Woman. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> I'll just give it a second. <laughs> the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Megan forgot what to say. I did, and I, I, you would think I would have this memorized by now, but no. no. I still don't. We're at number 10. We are at number 10. Um, we got a top 10 coming, on, coming your way later. 10 things we hate about Patrick Kane. Number one. <laughs> He's Patrick Kane. Number two, at the time that he had that waffle haircut. Number three. Number three, his Patrick mullet. Kane. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's Patrick Kane. Number four, his mullet. Uh, number five, he plays in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Number six, he's Patrick Kane. Number seven, that dime incident. Yeah. Number uh, eight, number eight. Alleged sexual assault incident. Number nine, he's Patrick Kane. Uh, and number ten is actually a thing I like about Patrick Kane is Sad Patrick Kane from the Olympics. <laughs> Well, there you go. Our last episode, episode number 10. <laughs> what? We have Taylor Hall as a guest? What? Oh, my God. Um, so many connections. So today. many connections. So it's Friday. Thank God. The end of a really long week. Like a really long week. Was it ever? Um, and so this could be real good. Or it could be real <laughs> terrible. I don't know what's going to happen here. Usually our Friday records are better records than Sunday morning. Sunday lives. morning, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so uh, you want to talk about some sports or something? Um, Do we have a thing? I don't really have a thing other than RIP, Clue, and Cavaliers. It sucks to be you, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it'll be nice if it's over. I'm, tar- <laughs> I'm tired of listening to you. Well, no. The guys that I work with are bigger basketball fans than they are hockey fans, um, and I'm tired of listening to them, like, dissect all of the things that are going on in basketball. Yeah. Because they don't let me do that with hockey, so I'm just annoyed Double by standard it. there. Well, well, and no one else is watching the hockey, so it would just be me talking to myself. No one else is watching? No, because the others are out, and they're all, like, bandwagon fans. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, they're, like, Oiler fans, not hockey fans. Um... Yeah, R.I.P. Cleveland. Sorry, LeBron. Sorry, Chris. I mean, but at the same time, like, didn't they win last year? They did. It was 3-1. No. I, I remember. Did you see, did you see uh, Jarrah Smith tweeted last night, Cavs in 7, and, like, deleted it immediately? Yes. Well, I saw a screenshot of it. I didn't see that he had done it, but I saw the it screenshot. It was brilliant. That's and I was really just funny. like, you're going to come to regret that, Belle. Oh, probably. As much as they, that would be, like, if it happened, though, Oh my God. amazing. If if so, then everybody in the Golden State organization needs to just turn in their <laughs> basketball playing cards and just walk <laughs> away. You cannot, you could not let that happen two years in a row. No, but they're, not going having to, yeah. a tough time. Yeah, Cleveland's struggling. Especially Jer, which is, like, such bullshit, because he tweeted that after he had, like, six game, six points in all three games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> real rough. So, wait, 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 wait. Jared Smith yes. had six points. Something like that. The first two games, games, it was like five points. I don't know when he scored them. And the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> only scored, what, three goals in four games? Yes. Bye-bye. Beautiful. <laughs> um, Beautiful. Uh, the other sports thing, uh, so last night was um, game five of the Stanley Cup Finals. Mm-hmm. And um, the Nashville Predators turned back into uh, the Edmonton Oilers of old and lost 6 nothing. 
I didn't see it. I was at the symphony. Um, yeah, I saw your tweet last night. I missed, I was at art tonight. What happened in the sport? <laughs> um, which I thought was really funny. It was cute. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, I don't know what happened with the Preds. I mean, Pecorino was Pecorino and not, like, the good Pecorino, so that was pretty bad. Um, but the thing that I saw was, uh, as much as I love Sidney Crosby, and you know I do, him, like, pounding PK's head into the ice... Did that actually happen? It did actually happen, and there was, of course, no call. And then PK got a call after they, like, stood up and he, like, kind of punched Crosby in the face. Um, I think rightly For so. For good reason, yeah. But there was no no call on Sid. Um, so maybe he's a little bit of a double standard. I don't know. Um, it's possible. What happened? I saw that gif everyone was retweeting of all the penguins standing up on a bench and then Sid threw his water bottle Yeah, Sid threw his water bottle. He had a little temper tantrum. <gasps> I know. He's losing he's his cool. He's falling apart. He's worried his about school. his noggin. Real worried about maybe. his noggin. Maybe. Yeah, maybe one too many, one too many bells wrong. I don't know. Anyway, the game six goes Sunday. Mm-hmm. I would like Nashville to win that game at home. That would be nice. And I have intel that says Faith Hill singing the national anthem. <gasps> Which means I'm gonna have to watch. But they're on Twitter. They were just here. They're gonna make it home in time. Yeah. Oh. That's uh, apparently someone on Twitter is like, my anthem guy hasn't been wrong all playoffs, and he says it's my anthem. Yeah. Guy. <laughs> apparently somebody's got an anthem, an guy. anthem guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't ask questions. Um, it's probably not that guy. The Dennis K. Guy, Dennis, Dennis K. K. Morgan. Whatever his name is. <laughs> I was gonna say Dennis K. Weidman, and I was like, ooh, that's wrong. What if his middle name it does start with a K? Um, okay, so we're gonna address this quest- this question just right now. What about Den- about Dennis Wadman, Chris Russell, whatever? Because oh. we get questions about Chris Russell all the time from Flames fans. Yeah. Um, who want to know what kind of contract um Chris Russell I feel is gonna like we get? We talk about this every fucking week. It's kind of it's like a joke about how many goals Chicago scored in that. It's just I think whatever. So. Um, so fake Steinberg. Here's my answer to your question. <laughs> and please stop asking from this moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally fine. And also, please keep retweeting down paperclip tweets. I'm totally fine with that. Um, my, yeah, the answer to your question is: What kind of extension is Chris Russell going to get? Five years at five million dollars per, or six years at six million dollars per? If by six million dollars you mean per decade, then I am all for that. Because <laughs> that would put him at about league minimum, so that would be okay. There you go. Any more than that, I'm out. But you know they're going to sign him, so I don't know why we keep talking about it. No, I don't either. Um, maybe they'll sign him and trade him to Vancouver, and then Dennis Weidman can join him, which is, I think, what everybody would like. Flames fans, Oilers fans, they would enjoy that. Possibly. Because Vancouver's defense would just, be a train wreck. Just a, a unified ball of hatred. Yeah. Like, who doesn't want that? Sure. Common enemy. You know? Yeah. Um, there's some buzz, too. I was paying attention sort of to Twitter today about uh, Spencer Fu, who's a college free agent. Mm. Um, and he may or may Spencer not sign. Who? Spencer Fu. Spencer Fu. Spelled F-O-O. how? F-O-O. Ooh. Um, he's from Edmonton or St. Albert or, like, he's from around here anyway. And he goes to school at Union College in New York. And there's some speculation that maybe he wants to sign here. Mm. Um, and I was Do gonna, we want him to Well, sign I think him. maybe a little bit. I was thinking, oh, we know how the last signing turned out, but that was actually Drake, and that turned out okay, because the one before that was Justin Schultz. Um, yeah. And it turned out he's fine for, fine for Schultz. He's, guys, he's doing fine. He's also a Stanley Cup champion. He is. Just saying. Which, like, if that's... Yeah, anyway. He wasn't going to be a Stanley Cup champion here. Oh, God, no. So go, fly free. Yeah, and he's doing just fine. Chase your bliss, man. Um, so that's a thing that may happen... Right around before the draft, anyway, they might 
There might be an announcement. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Nobody really knows for sure what this kid's going to do. But there's a bunch of buzz anyway today that he might end up signing in Edmonton. I'm super excited for the expansion draft. I'm super excited for the NHL awards. <laughs> not now be- you are. Yeah, now I am. Last week you talked <laughs> was so not. much shit about it. I know. I know. <laughs> it's not my fault the NHL decided after we talked shit about it for ten minutes to have Joe Manganiello host the NHL awards. Yeah, so um, I said to yesterday on Twitter that I was excited for the potential of, like, a Magic Mike-esque striptease with him hosting the NHL Awards. You know, I feel like it's a good decision by the NHL, but they don't... They This isn't a decision that's catered to the female viewership at all, so I don't think that's Well, nothing happen. they do is. I know. Literally but you, nothing. But you'd think with this yeah. decision it would be, yeah. but they're not smart enough for that. No, of course not. And it's also, like, the don't ever have any fun league, so... Yeah. Um, Plus, can you imagine, like, him doing that in a room of fucking hockey can players? Can you imagine... You haven't seen Magic Mike, <laughs> the second one, have you? Because no. there's this... I'm just... Whatever. There's this scene in a convenience store. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about that. It's set to I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys. It oh is amazing. Gosh. And if he did that on that stage... Incredible. Okay, I'm going to watch it tonight. Perfect. And we can talk about it next week. How great... Because it is. We'll t- we should talk about it. Because it is actually not a terrible movie. Okay. Other than Chinese Chinese. Also, just so you know, listeners, this is a spoiler-full episode. So we'll put some time stamps in our description if once we, can, we sort somehow, them out. Yeah. But... Because we're going to we'll talk, talk about, about some shit. <laughs> a bunch of things. Because, um, uh, yeah, we're going to smash the patriarchy because we saw Wonder Woman. And it was so fantastic. And so now we're going to talk about Wonder Woman for probably an yeah. hour. Yeah, at, at least. A long time. At least. I don't even know where to start. We went together on Tuesday. Yep. And... I've never wanted to fist pump so badly in the middle of a movie in my entire life. There were moments where my breath was taken away from me. I cried. I did not cry. I got a little sad at the end. I got angry at the end, and we'll talk about why. Oh! But afterwards, it was still so good that, like, you wanted to talk about it, and I was like... I'm so speechless. Like, I can't even process yeah. what my feelings and thoughts are. And it so was it phenomenal. Me, like, a number of days to process everything that happened. Yeah, her Insta story for like 48 hours afterwards was just <laughs> thinking about watching House of Cards and thinking about Wonder Woman. Brushing yeah. her teeth, thinking, thinking about, about Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah. Trying to teach, thinking about Wonder yeah. Woman. Still, I I wanted to keep that going, but just did not have time for the rest of the week. So that was um, a bummer. But it was so good. Yeah, we really want everyone to go see it so they can feel this joy Yeah, that it really brings to people's lives. Yeah, and, like, it was a really good superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it was a very good superhero movie. Let's start with that, maybe. Okay. Um, just as, like, a comic book superhero movie, I thought it was really well done. I did, too. And because it was an origin story, too, but it really gave the viewer kind of license to infer which a lot of origin stories they lead you step by step by step by step by step yes and 20 minutes in chris pine is there and we've got a conflict yeah and she's off yeah and they did like the the, they started off obviously with her as a child Mm -hmm. um and you hear some of like the myth of of the the amazons which i mean whatever it's a myth and that's fine and and you hear a little bit of it and there's like a little bit of like a of a foreshadow, which I did figure out. Um, and it wasn't like they were... I, but I don't think they were trying to obscure it either. No. I don't think. It, 
Um, I don't think there was a ton of subtlety in this movie. <laughs> no, but 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 I mean, just the idea of like the God Killer, right? Like yeah. you weren't trying to obscure that really at all. No, and that's given right away, and that's yeah. okay. Um, I thought that I think that was fine, and but yeah, so you have her as a child, and she's watching her, um, she's watching her aunt train. Um, and Robin Wright is so just phenomenal. the greatest. I saw this really great thing on Twitter last week, um, and it had a picture of Robin Wright from Wonder Woman and of uh, Carrie Fisher from oh, yes, the last too. Star Wars movie or whatever, from, from Force Awakens, and it said that I've lived long enough to see my childhood princesses become generals. generals. I was like, oh, that's so good. And that's so empowering. And that's the wonderful thing about the first few minutes of the movie. Um it was all women it was, doing fucking badass shit. Yeah, and the the visuals of it were gorgeous. I think the special effects at times left some things to be desired. Yep. They were uneven. And there fair. was a little bit of CGI, like green screening, that was a little, a little bit, bit obvious. Too obvious. Yeah. yeah, but everything that those women do is absolutely incredible. And we were talking about this before, like to see women succeed and have no hesitation or no self doubt whatsoever. Yes, is pretty much unheard of in yeah. art. <laughs> well, and it, I was thinking about that because we talked about that before the movie and then I watched the film and I was thinking about it on my drive home because it was like a half hour drive home. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking about it and I remember a while back, I don't know when, um, Sarah Silverman, who I'm not like a super huge fan of hers, I don't think she's, partic- like her brand of humor is not my thing, but she said something on Twitter and I think it had to do um, with the Democratic primaries. Okay. And she said that um, she never thought that she couldn't be anything she wanted to be until someone actually said that. Said that phrase, you can be whatever you want. Yeah, she said, it never occurred to me that I couldn't be anything I wanted to be until someone told me that I could. Right. And I was thinking that in the the vein of this movie, like there's, there's a, because these women exist in this society without men, Mm -hmm. um, they don't have any doubt. And there's no hesitation. Yeah. And they don't feel, I don't know, like, hemmed in by any kind of social norms because they don't exist. Um, and it's phenomenal. And that means with their thoughts, their beliefs, their bodies, like, her... Like her, that scene when they're on the boat when they're leaving and she's just talking about how they don't need men for pleasure? Yeah. Like, incredible. Or how it's fine if he sleeps next to her because they're sleeping? Yeah. <laughs> and there's no impropriety. In yeah, that. which and I mean, because of course, like for if you you know for the background, like if you're not going to see it or whatever, or if you are and you want to listen to this later, um, he, it's set in on the background of World War One. Mm-hmm. So at that time, like those relationships between men and women, women in like very structured proper society yes. are very structured, and and you don't sleep beside mm-hmm. you know an unmarried woman, yeah. right? Unless I suppose it's like your sister or something like that, you know. So there's those there's those divisions, and so he was very. Like put off by that a little yeah. bit, yeah. But it was really great because like Steve's character, like Steve Trevor, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Because and and I don't know if that was just the way that they were written. Because I, I admittedly haven't read a lot of Wonder Woman comics, um, but I don't know. If, so I don't know if it was the way that the character was written just in the movie, or if that's just like what he's like. Right. But he was very open to this like very strong woman. Yeah. And was totally okay. With her just kicking ass, which yeah. I think is great, and and Chris Pine was absolutely phenomenal as that. He was 
incredible. And there's just something about him, too, that... Chris Pine was above average in all of the ways. Yes. There's just something about him that is utterly watchable and utterly enjoyable, and he just embodies that character with such joy. Yeah. Yeah. Which was such a delight. And there were times where you would catch him looking at her... Yeah. Like, like she hung the moon, right? Yeah. Like, with admiration and whatever. And, like, you could see the story and the relationship between them progress. And, like, instead of the traditional narrative where, like, the girl falls in love with the superhero, in this case, he's falling in love with her. Yeah. And, and she, at times, is totally oblivious. A hundred percent. And is just doing her thing. Yeah. To do her mission and do whatever it needs to do. And yeah. she's not thinking about anything else. But watching him watch her was really interesting, too. Because it just flipped the script of that whole, like, superhero and sidekick love story. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like I texted you this. But, like, I'm glad that they let her have a love interest. No, it was someone... I texted... It was Jess. Jess and I were talking about it mm. um, on Tuesday after we saw it. And I'm glad they let her have a love interest. Yeah. Right? That it wasn't just, like... You know, here's here's your here's your band of merry men, right? Because that's right. kind of what it could have turned into. But I'm glad that they let that happen. Yeah, and I have thoughts about that when we get to the um, end. Because I I wish they would have just altered it a. L- yeah, I do, maybe not the same way, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad they let her do that because, in every other, like superhero film, with the exception of like maybe the first. Well, I mean, like Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Like, sure, Bruce was in love with Rachel. But there's but not it wasn't, necessarily reciprocation. There was no reciprocation yeah. until until he meets Miranda in the third one, right? Yeah. Um, and so, which I remember thinking when I saw Dark Knight Rises, the same thing. I was like, well, that's, that's an interesting choice that, like, they let him finally, like, be with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad that, because in most superhero movies, like, I was trying to think of, of these more recent ones, like, there's always a love interest. Yeah. And so it was nice that she got one, too. And that the story kind of followed that same trope and that same pattern, but that she was the one sort of in control yeah. instead of him being in control. Agreed. And and there is something about that. We're just jumping right to the end. And how he is the one that sacrifices himself yes. for her and not the hero sacrificing himself to save the girl or the damsel yeah. in distress or whatever. He makes his own strong, mm-hmm. individual, sacrificial choice as she's trying to do at that same moment. Yeah, and she's still the hero when he makes that choice. Yes. So he makes the sacrifice, um, and she allows him to, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's still the hero. He is not the hero saving the woman that he loves. Yeah. He's a spy, Saving the woman that he loves. And both or of them, giving her a chance to save other people. He's not even saving her. He's giving her a chance to save other people. But I think both of them have goals that are related but are discrete from each other, right? She's really just focused on what she believes and he can't really understand it. Yeah. But he respects it. Yeah. And so he, uh, uh, like, is fine with her doing that, but he knows that he has to do his thing as well. Yeah. And there's that mutual understanding and admiration and respect that is really wonderful. Which you don't necessarily see when you have a male superhero. No, because the the women aren't as capable as he is and aren't as driven as he is. They're, you know, something to be saved or something to be preserved or I think the time when um you see the woman more a little bit more I mean they're not because it's not like the women like I'm thinking about like Marvel movies for the most part, right? 
Lots of, like, if you think of, like, um, like Peggy and Captain America in the first one and Sharon in the third one, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're not, they're not weak at no, all. And if no. you think about, like, ah, uh, what's her name? Jane Foster in the Thor movies. But a lot of the things are in service for yes. the agenda of yes. the male superhero. Um, and so, so, but at the very least, those characters aren't written as, like, the damsel, right? Whereas, like, I found in Man of Steel... And yeah. I haven't seen Batman vs. Superman. I probably I never won't. Um, which is probably a lie, because I'll go watch the Justice League movie, because... She's amazing. She's incredible. She's the only reason to see that yeah. movie now. Um, and, but, like, think about Man of Steel, and think about um, Lois. Yeah. There's something about Amy Adams, like, her talent is totally wasted in that, because that role isn't meant for someone with her acting chops. No. Um, and she's written off as this, like damsel who needs saving more than anything else and that was that's really unfortunate so i'm glad this movie took that and like kind of flipped that script and allowed and it felt much more natural somehow it did that progression between because like it was really cool watching because Steve. they were almost peers obviously she's so infinitely oh my god she's incredible but yeah ideologically but she he also had a job and a function that she didn't understand yeah um, because he's a spy. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't understand what that was like and what it was he was supposed to be doing. Like, But my favorite thing about that whole, how her not understanding was when she walked into like that war room, whatever, that like meeting. And just, and just walked right in. Walked right in as if she belonged there. And of course she belonged there. We think she belongs there. Um, but all the men in the room just like stopped talking. Yeah. Because there's this woman and she's not supposed to be in there. And like Steve understands why she's there. But he has to get her out of there because he knows that nothing will ever happen while she's, she's in the there. room. Yeah. Um, but she just walked in like she owned the place. And it was so refreshing for the the men in those different scenarios to continually be surprised by her. Yes. And what she was capable of. Like all the languages that she spoke and the knowledge that she had. And like, especially for Steve to understand uh, immediately how capable she is once they're in that alley and he's just like on board yeah right? like he's convinced yeah he's he doesn't need he doesn't need her to prove anything to him that that she can look after herself and look after him ultimately yeah right because when he's when they when when his plane crashes um off the island and she drags him back to safety mm-hmm. and then they're questioning him and he all he sees around him are these women and they get him to tell the truth Oh, and that rope thing is the greatest. It's amazing. That scene is so goddamn funny. Um, but also just like, but just getting him to tell that truth and, you know, of what he's doing there. And then, so what I found really interesting was that. So he, he tells the truth, why he's there, what's going on. And then she comes to ask him questions ultimately later. And my favorite part about that scene when he's like sitting in that pool of water is it reminded me so, so much of Ariel in The Little Mermaid when with she's like, foot. yes, with his foot, like... <laughs> Playing around in the water when she's in the bathtub. Yeah. Like, and she's looking at her feet because she's admiring that she's got these feet. And I just, I loved it. And I loved that it flipped that kind of on its head. And, like, he was the vulnerable person in the situation. A, a lovely innocence and playfulness to that, too. Yes. Which, when have you ever had, other than Steve Rogers, someone who is innocent as a male In superhero, a superhero movie. As, like, a virtue. Yes. Right? Yes. They're all (laughs) broken inside. Yes. With something to prove. But even Steve Rogers is a little bit broken inside. Because he has that, like... He's got the chip. He's got that Brooklyn toughness, but in that, like, tiny little frame. But he's so pure. But but even still, like, he's... 
he has something to prove. Yes. Right? Whereas, like, Steve Trevor doesn't have anything to prove. No. Right? He's a spy. And so... All he wants to do is save the world. All he wants to do is save the world. Um, And that's a very noble... And it just took, you know, an Amazon princess to... To do it. To make that happen. I find that so funny that their idealism is so on par with each other. Yeah. Their methods and how they understand that is, you know, miles apart. But in the end, they both want exactly the same thing. Yeah. And so do what they feel is appropriate to make that thing happen. And, And for her to, like accept sort of the ways of men, right? And understand that yes. when she gets into London, like, she can't just do the things that she would do oh, normally. Oh, fucking frustrated by it. Very frustrated, and rightfully so, yeah. right? Um, but I found it really interesting, like, kind of watching, you know, how she she reacted to that. And, that, like, that's credit to Gal Gadot for being able to play that, because I think that's a really hard thing to play. Oh, for sure. Um, there's There's something about her that has that purity to it, but also that insatiable ambition. Yes. Drive. Yes. And no one has ever told her that she can't. Yeah. Because she can. Like, as it, as, you know, when, in her training, right? And she, like, you know, does the Wonder Woman, like, the arm cross, and all of a sudden realizes that she has, like, an actual power, mm-hmm. which I don't, no one told her. And, I mean, when yeah. she leaves with him, like, her mother doesn't tell her. And the subtlety Which is in so that good. is so interesting because in other films they bang you over the head with the exceptional yeah. whatever of those people. But for her, even she doesn't question it that much. No. Like, she, obviously Steve comes and then she's distracted and she's got her own thing that she yeah. needs to do and she needs to discover about herself. I would have been distracted too. Whatever. <laughs> Angry. But, <laughs> but there's just something about that that even for us as as viewers that extra thing we we don't really care because no. she's exceptional in so many other ways yeah that and and so the secret that you don't hear is that she's the god killer and mm-hmm. it's not the sword it's like that's sword, the secret her. but yeah. she's always been told it was the sword because her mother didn't want her to find out yeah until she absolutely had to know and so the choice that her mother makes when she leaves to not tell her is powerful. Because when she says that you are my greatest joy and my greatest sorrow, like, that was a very powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I think Diana should have understood what that meant. Yeah. And I think she did. I think she did. Um, Which I, makes the rest of her actions much more clear. Because I don't think she was happy about having to leave. But I think when she learned of what was going on outside... Mm-hmm. She had to. She had no she choice. She felt compelled. She felt yeah. compelled to go. Because that's what she'd been training for. Her whole life. life. Yeah. Um, Which is another question. How old is Diana? I'm not sure. I would say, like, I don't know. Because we see her, you know, it starts off with her in the modern day in, in Paris, yeah. right? And then we get the flashbacks to 1918. Yeah. Where Steve comes, and she's presumably of that same age. Yeah. But it must have been centuries. Yeah. For her to get to that point. For her to get to that point. Yeah. And that was the one thing about the subtlety that I wish would have been explained. That maybe there had been a little bit more. Like even one line like Zeus granted us with, you know, extended mortality because, or immortality because we are here to protect man from himself. Or or even just extended lifespan. Like this is our, yeah, something to explain that away. Because that that, was a question I had too. That could have happened in that... Which was a beautiful sequence. 
of the creation of man yeah. and then Ares attempting the destruction of man and then the Amazons coming from the water oh, yeah. to save them from themselves. Like, oh, so powerful. It was and incredible. Huge, beautifully shot. It really was. Um, and it was interesting, too, because, like, Patty Jenkins, as a director, um, the only, like, feature film she's made up until this point was Monster. Monster, yeah. Um, with, again, strong female character Actually, and a so. wonderful actress mm-hmm. in that role. Um, very different, obviously, scope and sequence and style. And so I know that's why there was some some criticism about her as the choice for the director, because that was her feature film pedigree. Mm-hmm. But that feature film pedigree won a Best Actress Oscar for Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Because she was phenomenal in that. And, she was, and if you've never seen Monster, you should watch it. It is unbelievable. And, and it is she is unrecognizable in that role. And I think that's what's really powerful about Patty is she gets performances. Yes. Not only is everything that she does... And even the shots, they seemed efficient. I heard there were no cuts. No, they only had to do one reshoot. Which one is incredible. Of a reshoot, which is amazing. And you you really feel like everything is on screen. Yeah. It's it's so beautiful. And and I think now that it's and, and you can tell too that like it had a um it had a lower budget than other superhero movies. Yes. You could t- and some of that was evident in, in like CG. the CGI yeah. and things like that, which I found a little bit distracting in a couple yeah, in a there's the situations. there's the first battle when the oh god the women are so fucking amazing they're incredible I, I still can't go to get over Robin Wright's move when she jumps over the shield yeah kills those three guys like my heart stopped it when was that happened and that whole sequence was stunning oh. even like the slow mo camera like everything that they did to and highlight back flipping off oh. of the it's so lyrical and oh it was just beautiful it reminded me a lot of the end sequence of the Robin Hood movie with Russell Crowe. Mm, um, I don't... At the very end, remember. when they get up, just just the way, just kind of the way that it was shot, because it's on the beach and, like, sort of, and using the vantage of the cliffs and whatever to, yeah. to tell that story. Because um, at one point, like, he shoots his arrow and it gets, what's his face? I can't remember, Mark Strong's character, like, yeah. in the back of the skull Ooh. from, a, as he's riding away, from, like, a very long distance and just, like, but it, it was like the camera was strapped to the arrow. Yeah. And I felt that, like, because the camera felt like it was attached to, to bullets every once in a while, or to arrows. Or and like, spears. Or, or, and so that, yeah, yeah. It, it really felt like you were right in it. And it was so cool. And what I noticed at, when I was thinking about it afterwards is it didn't feel weird to me that it was, like, a group of women fighting a group of men. No, none of Whereas that. normally you would feel that kind of odd imbalance, but it didn't. Because that first, however much of the movie, the only man that you really saw was Ares. Yeah. And so then... And even, like, he's and it was not so brief. shown in... No. Profile, like, there's nothing It was so, so, so brief. Yeah. And so you get just 20 minutes, essentially, of just women on screen. And yeah. so it establishes a tone that's very different from a lot of other superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And they're so dominant, they crush. Oh. Oh, it was so Just wonderful. incredible. Um, so good. And what I really love too is the costumes because they were gorgeous and a little bit sexy, but overall practical and full of function. Yeah. And you see that when you understand that when Diana has to go to, you know, the so-called present, whatever, 1918, whatever it is, and she has to wear 
this suffragette outfit, as someone called it, which I wanted to blow my fucking brains out when I read that. But she <laughs> attempts to move in it. And she can't. And she can't. And you don't really understand, then, how their dress in uh, their world is totally appropriate for the things that they do. Yeah. And so, like, you have women riding horses as men ride horses. They're not sitting side saddle. And they're, no. you know, they're, like, back flipping onto them. And, like, and off of and them. Off of them yeah. And, like, firing arrows from their horses. Like, it's just, it's incredible. Oh, so um, and so, yeah, when she gets into this, like, into this world where she has to dress so conservatively and cover up like and she has no notion of like impropriety yeah because like she gets into this shop and steve's secretary who's also phenomenal um and she runs his show basically which i think is great so he's got two women in his life who tell him what to do all Mm -hmm. the time which i think is wonderful and he's totally okay with it and he is and it's not like it's because he's incapable or anything. no he just needs help and he's like that's what i loved about steve is he needs help and he's okay with getting help. From anybody. From And it doesn't anybody. matter if it's a man or a woman or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when they're in this shop and they're looking for clothes, like Diana, she comes out, like she's she's come on the boat with him and he's, she's just wearing her cape, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she's covered, but, you know, underneath she has her, her Wonder Woman costume, essentially, right? And 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 she comes out and, and she just is going to take the cape off, like in the middle of this shop. And Steve's like, no, no, you can't, you know, like, because it's not proper for the time that they're in. And I found that really interesting that, like, Diana doesn't have any of those inhibitions. Because why should she, right? There's never been a time when someone's told her, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, And so for her to, like, just get along in the confines of that um, was a struggle for Mm -hmm. her. And so when she introduces herself as Diana and she says, like, princess, and he's like, prince, Diana Prince, just to, like... You know, you know, I know her, like, from work. Like, you know, just, like, I don't know how to explain this at all, but here you go. Um, and it's nice that, you know, he's able to recognize the difficulty that she's having mm-hmm. and help her navigate some of those things that she can't figure out on her own. And not that she's not capable, it's just happening so quick that, like, she can't yeah. do it. And he knows, he understands that world much better than, than she can. Oh, fuck, it's so good. I know, it was so I saw good. a thing today on Twitter, um... But whether or not it's possible to wear a sword while also wearing a dress. I saw that as well. Um, and of course she was wearing, like, she was dressed as Wonder Woman underneath this dress. Yeah. Um, and if you look, you can see her shoes. Like, she didn't change it's the shoes. It's just a dress over top. It's just a dress yeah. over top. So, of course her sword's there because it's strapped into into the, the outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, but she just walked into that ball like she owned the place. I know. And when they were talking, it was like, when they are talking about it, I was like, why wouldn't he take her? She can fucking speak German. I, I it didn't I I couldn't I know I couldn't, I couldn't figure and he out said like oh they're gonna know like I'm like Steve you don't speak German unless maybe he's already been posing as and they know that he's not but with she somebody said, okay this maybe is, that maybe that was what it was like they know that he doesn't have someone and all of a sudden you know what I mean and so maybe that was okay. sort of I can accept that conceit maybe. perhaps this is also two things that I really liked first of all one of the villains is also a woman. Yes. Which is so incredibly rare. rare, And she's probably, other than Ares, the most devious of them. Yes. Whatever his name, Houston. He's evil, but bland. There's nothing like, like Ares? compelling. No, no, no. Oh. Not Ares. Oh, no, the other. Yeah. Danny yeah. Houston. Right. He's, there's nothing really compelling about him. He's That's just right. hungry for power. Yeah. Whatever. But she actually 
is incredibly compelling. She is. And and it's interesting, too, that I noticed... I mean, obviously, it was very obvious right off the bat that she was going to be one of the villains, but, like, she's partially masked. Yeah. Right? Which, in that superhero tradition, sort of, it works. And I was thinking, actually, about her um, in comparison to Miranda Tate from Dark Knight Rises, right? Yeah. Because you, she has this whole backstory. And that and so the backstory in this one is that she's, she's creating weapons, and, and she's a chemist, and she's working for for the German army um, where like Miranda Tate you know has this like clean energy plan or whatever and then you find out later of course that she's Ra's al Ghul's daughter mm-hmm. and in this case it's the same kind of thing like you find out a little bit more just little tiny tiny pieces of, of her identity yeah. um, but you know even at the ball like she's masked yeah um, and I I was I actually appreciated that because as much as we love Diana because she's she's so capable and she's so complex and she's on her own journey and she never doubts and she never questions. She's such an extreme example of, of womanhood that you need that other extreme example, the depravity, the evilness, the, yes, you need that also extreme to balance it. Yeah. And I'm glad that they took that chance because women can also be good, but they can also be bad. Yeah. And And, so you need both. And it's okay to have that. Yeah. Um, but it was it was interesting watching, like at the ball when Steve's hitting on her, right, and doing his his thing as a spy, mm-hmm. um, and and she's not really taken in by it. No, and then she she's kind of getting there, and then he he's distracted by Diana, by Diana. in that dress because my lord, yeah, um, and then she realizes that this was just a a ploy, um, and she just kind of walks away, yeah, from it, and again that sort of flips. Steve's not offended by it. He doesn't chase after her. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, you know, demand her attention. Um, which he just again, realizes kind of, that he failed and moves on. Yeah, he failed his piece of his mission. But it, but it kind of also flips that that script again. Because mm-hmm. um, in a lot of cases, you'll see that man being persistent. And you'll see him trying again. Yeah. You know? Whereas in this case, he's just like, nope, I... Didn't work. Shit. And then he's got to go and, and try something different. Mm-hmm. Um... And the fact that he stops her from killing the general, from from killing Ludendorff, is a good thing, I suppose. Um, in that set, because of the, and his rationale is correct. Like you find him, you have to follow him and figure out where he's going, and then you'll because there's a bigger the problem. There's a bigger it's not problem. Just yeah, what you want to do, even though the what you want to do is really important. There's yeah. a bigger problem too. Yeah. And so having that, I think was was good to have that that sort of duality mm-hmm. and what you know, and seeing him in that role actually performing his function as a spy. Because for the majority of the movie, we don't see that, right? We no. just see him acting with Diana and sort of in concert with her. But this was, like, him being... Him on the job, yeah. Yeah, which was a good thing to see. Speaking of duality, I knew. Did you? I 100% knew as soon as we met David Thewlis. That he was... I knew. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't say I knew right away, but I knew pretty quick. Because mm-hmm. I was like, why is he here? This seems like a weird choice. Like, that was kind of my thought, and then I was like, well, he must be the bad guy. Well, and it, it didn't really make sense to focus on him, because he could have been anybody. Yes. Anyone fighting for whatever. Yeah. And I knew it wasn't Ludendorff. Like, that was... That's not true. I knew it wasn't Ludendorff once we met him. Right. Because then I was like, oh, okay, okay. That doesn't make... It It actually makes more sense um, that it wouldn't be the German general. Yeah. Um, But I wasn't overly convinced. I think it was because he... You picked up on that duality right away. He was fighting for peacetime, but then he's totally fine with Steve to just go on a secret mission mission to possibly... 
either fail or have some sort of knowledge come out of that that would make Britain know we really need to take you down. You were about to yes bomb London with some chemical weapons. Well, guess what? War isn't over. Yeah. Right? So I, I caught on that right away. And as soon as she killed uh, Lindenberg and nothing happened, I was like, well, and and also just when when she walks into that meeting, right, and he seems to be kind of nonplussed by her presence, mm-hmm. whereas everyone else is sort of like sputtering, like, oh, God. and he was just sort of like, what? <laughs> and I mean, obviously, as Aries, yeah. he would have known who she was, yeah. right? Um, and so I feel that was for me like the moment I was like, oh, I bet you that's what it is, and then it happened. I was like, oh, well. Yeah, as soon as we met Ludenberg, Ludenberg, Ludendorff, Ludendorff, um, I I felt like it wasn't him just because it was too on the nose. Well, it was too obvious. It's too obvious to make the German general the also exactly. the god of war. Yeah, but I and it's like it's kind of like a little bit stereotypical, a little bit racist, maybe. But um, <laughs> I also wish that it would have been Doctor Poison. Yeah, that would have been taking on. A woman to to be a clear contrast to what Zeus created. Was it Zeus? Yeah. Yeah, Zeus created women for, right? To be yeah. that that check on manhood and to find the goodness and to find the peace in, in life. And to have her be the villain would have been a really interesting commentary on that. Yeah, that would have but been. But they didn't go that direction either. But either way. I'm, Which, I'm okay. and you know what? I'm not sure if the, if the film... This is the thing, right? Like, I, I'm not sure if the film then would have had the same kind of universal appeal. Right? Because I feel like that might have... Like, for... for And this is... I mean, I wouldn't mind it if... Like, because like, it would have been too many females? I think so. I, but, I, but I think to have, like, for the first, like, female-driven superhero vehicle, right? To also have the main villain be a woman, I think would have been a little bit too... Right. Maybe next time. Right? Like, we don't know. But right? it, I think it's powerful that it's... It's... Uh, the villain is a man who is a son of God. Yes. And who she defeats. Yes. Because she's the God killer. Yeah. And not her sword. Exactly. Um, but I also like, think... Like, isn't that, that more... Yeah. I don't know. Sensitive. But I also but... think that, like, with Dr. Poison, I think the fact that... And, and Diana as well. I think the fact that these two characters who are, like, very diametrically opposed to each other, both are very smart and very capable, capable in what yeah. they're doing. Um, and neither one of them needs saving Mm-mm. in any capacity. Um, and I think that's really interesting because oftentimes you'll get, and again, and I think Steve's secretary then plays into that as well because she is also exceptionally capable. Yeah. She struggles a little bit with the shield because it's super heavy and I thought that was really funny. Um, but like, she's very capable of doing what she's also, supposed to do. Also, when she took that sword, I was like, holy fuck, do not lose that sword. Yeah. <laughs> no, no kidding. No kidding. Um, but just to have those three women, you know, in in this storyline who are all incredibly capable Mm -hmm. um, at their specific jobs. And to really have the, the person who was weak, the one, the Scottish guy who couldn't shoot. Yeah. Which I am actually disappointed that there wasn't a payoff on that, that I felt like at, when they finally got to the gas manufacturing thing at the end for the climax, I thought he was going to be like, have a moment of success yeah. to have that moment of you know pathos or whatever for him, but I'm all, but nothing. But I'm kind of glad he didn't because I think it allows. Um, I think that there's maybe a a bigger message in that, and that it doesn't always come. But those three right? sidekicks 
really didn't contribute anything. And I think that was the point. They were vehicles to move the story along, but I yeah. don't think they necessarily needed. But I, like what she had to say, you know, to to him um, about you know well, who's going to sing for us right. to give him purpose. to give him purpose, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they need um, someone to guide them, right? And mm-hmm. because now they've lost Steve mm-hmm. um, at the end of of all of that, and watching Diana's reaction to that was very emotional. Yeah. Um, because you could tell over the course of the film and, like, the way that that relationship developed that she had very strong feelings for him. And I think very unexpectedly so. Yeah. And then to watch him make that choice. Because the implication is, of course, she can't hear what he says. Yes, and I thought that scene was really well done. To be... For, for the audience to be Diane in this moment and to not hear what he's saying to yeah. her was really powerful. But what I wish that he would have said is not I love you, but thank you. Maybe. But, like, if you know, if you know that you're going to get into a plane and you're going to blow it up. I just don't... Would you rather have the last thing you say to the person that you love to be thank you or I love you? But I don't believe that they love each other. I think he's in love with her. I think he's in love with her. I don't think she's in love with him. And she doesn't have to be. But I think he needed to say it. I just... It felt cheap. It, but because... It was such a trope, and I was like, But because... She, but because... She, for me, because she couldn't hear it, it didn't have that same kind of tropey feel. Because she didn't hear him say it. I think she feels something for him very strongly, and I think that... You know, I mean, she cried about it, and then she at the she end she did. sees she sees his picture, you know. Yeah. And and, and she looks has up to the and looks up to the heavens, and yeah, there's yeah. all of the. So I think she's getting to that. But that's point. why I wish she wouldn't have said, "I believe in love." I wish she would have said, "I believe in man," or "I believe in humankind," or "I believe in goodness," not "I believe in love." Because what from her life has she experienced that isn't love? She grew but, up on this island where she was loved. But she maybe loved that's why. People, and maybe that's why she believes in it. Because that's all she knows. But how, that doesn't matter for Steve, though. But why not? I don't think that changed her. I think it. I think it did because their their first. I mean, the, when they were leaving on the boat, right? And that conversation that they have about like sexual pleasure was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because up until that point, I think in her mind she was sort of of the impression that like men were sort of utilitarian, right? And that, like accessories? Yeah, kind of. To her? To okay. her, because like, and she says it flat out, that you don't need men for pleasure, you just need them to for procreate. For procreation, yeah. Um, but for them, they don't have to worry about that. Because she was like, at the, when she was a child, she was the only child on the island, yes. so it didn't matter anymore. Like, there was no procreation happening. So, But she, you know, read whatever she had read and, and learned whatever she had learned. And 17 volumes. 17 volumes <laughs> about, but she's learned that you don't need men for pleasure. And I think that her opinion of sort of the use of a man in her life because she'd never had any exposure to it. I think, I think all along the way, I think Steve challenged that because he was, he became more to her than I think she expected that he would. But I disagree with her that that is her motivation and becomes her will to destroy Ares. But I don't know if it's necessarily, I don't know that it's necessarily has to be romantic love. And I think that's, that's where. That's why I wish it wouldn't have been love because that's what's interpreted by the audience. I suppose. And I feel like that cheapens her journey. But I think because she doesn't hear him say it, that's where. But she remembers later on. Yeah. But she doesn't hear him say it. Right. Right off the hop. And I feel like 
you know, I think that whatever whatever was happening in that relationship between them, I think that, like, they... She had whatever her feelings were, and it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But she knew that her feelings for Steve were stronger than I think she ever expected that they would be. Right? Because he was a curiosity to her. She'd never seen a man before. Like, And it's really funny to me because there's this wonderful line in um, Fast and Furious in the fifth one. The fifth one? Yeah. When they're in Brazil, and... Um, Romans, they're trying to figure out how to get a handprint for this safe that they have to break into. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and so Giselle and Han go off and they try and get this handprint. And, uh, you know, Roman can't figure this way out. And 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 um, they end up going to get this handprint. And, and she's wearing this beautiful bikini. And she, like, sits down on the arm of this, the chair that the, the crime boss is sitting on. And he, like, puts his hand, like, on her lower back, like, on her bikini, right? And, uh, so they come back and, and, uh, Roman's like, how'd you get that? And she's like, he's a man. And it just like, so that it's wonderful. It's a wonderful little line. Um, but that reminded me a lot of that, like just kind of watching this interaction because when they first meet, he's such a curiosity to her. Like she doesn't understand like the sleeping beside her thing and like all of these weird things. And then I think by the end of it all, like she understands the sacrifice that he's making because I feel like she, she would do the same thing if that was her choice to make. Right? Like, she has a bigger purpose, and so she has to do the thing. Would she have done but the same sacrifice? Yet? I don't know. I, but she would have had, I think, had the situation been flipped, she would have, under, she would have sacrificed herself to allow him to do, to do his the thing. thing. Right? Sure. But um, I don't think that's because she loves him. I, I, but I don't, think it's, I don't think it's necessarily because she doesn't love him. And I'm not 100% sure that she's in love with him, but I think she loves him. And I think those are two but different But I just things. think putting that as the... Labeling that as why she does it is... Is gross. I, there, but I'm it's still a, not a fan of that. Because she's I'm talking, but she talks about love in that voiceover, and then like the soldiers from like opposing sides mm-hmm. are embracing. Like it's not, so it's not just her. So I think that no. it's it's a broader understanding of love. It's not just romantic love. Because um, I didn't, I didn't get that feel from it. Like that it was just the two of them, right? And that she's lost her great love. Because I didn't get that at all. No, but I st- it, it still doesn't feel as if she didn't understand what love was before. And I, I, that had to be established in order for that to be powerful. So in the end, I had, as much as I love the movie, I had zero romantic, or not zero romantic, zero emotional feelings to that moment. I was just like, okay. See, because I felt like because of what, how she was brought up and the love with which she was brought up, that was sort of the thing that like enabled her to make that, that leap. But that's not but what like she the, tells the audience. That the things that she's done and seen and experienced... Um, that the motivation for it is love and like and kind of calling back to her mother as well like a letting her go mm-hmm. but that's right? not what is communicated to the audience it's communicated that it's Steve's love yeah I suppose but I think I don't know I just think that whole bit that voiceover then juxtaposed with like the soldiers from opposing sides like embracing and, and I feel like that it at least extended it beyond just a romantic coupling um, but like I liked all of that and of course like there's you know like the trope of the sunrise and whatever that made me roll my eyes more than anything else and that's what I f- like at the end when it said like written by and Zack Snyder's one of the written bys I was like the climax is 100% Zack Snyder oh yes and when it got to that part that was actually the only part of the movie that I could have done without yeah I feel it needed a lot of fixing it was impossible to see what was happening yeah they were hitting each other and then they'd be a distance away but you had no idea how far that distance yeah. was yeah and it was just, like, it was very muddied. And it was. I, I think that was all. Because it seemed very reminiscent to other work that he has done. So Like 300. Yeah. 
Um, which it isn't bad, but it just it, it felt yeah, it did feel a little bit choppy. Yeah. Um But like God, that movie was so good. I, I loved everything about it. Like I mean there's I didn't love every single but there's thing, like, but I love the There's movie little as things, a whole. yeah, there's little things yeah. that like weren't hundred percent great. Um but But that's what makes it a movie. The movie as a whole was so, so, so good. And like I know that Chris Pine has signed on for like a multi picture deal with DC. He can't be dead. So he's not dead. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with her thinking that he is. At the end, like in nineteen eighteen, in the, I'm okay with her thinking that he's dead. So and I don't she... and I and I'm not sure. I feel I feel like whatever, however he ends up coming back, I don't think I think he intended to die. I agree. Right? So it's not like he's like pulling a fast one. No. Right. I feel like he And like being away from her on purpose. Yeah, no, I don't think that's what it is. No. Um it's not, but when it, when that happened, and then I read afterwards that Chris Pine had signed on for it's like a multi picture deal, I was like, oh, this was like the Dark Knight Rises thing, yeah, which was also good because you didn't find out until after the fact that like you know he'd fix the autopilot or whatever, but like I so you know he'll be back, and, and that's I hope okay. he is. I hope he is too because he was wonderful. The two of them together, phenomenal. Yeah, and I think that kind of puts into question what her reaction is at the end. Of the movie, right? Because she's looking at... It's all because right. Wayne sends her the old photo, and you yeah. see the photo get taken, whatever. And then she kind of puts it away and has that reply, like, one day I'll tell you the story. Yeah. But we don't really pick up from her whether those are good memories or, like, yeah. grieving memories. Yeah. They're well, just I mean, memories. Because when she sees the picture of him standing beside the airplane, like, at the end of the war, that's a very wistful sort of yeah. look at it. And she, it. like, reaches out, out and touches it, yeah. it and, and whatnot. Um... Which but is it's when, not that same feeling. No, at the end, it is at the beginning when yes. she gets the delivery, mm-hmm. right? And, and when she op- like when she opens the briefcase the case, and sees yeah. the photo, there's that sort of wistful. And then I think my my inference is that she has the flashback then. Yes. To all, so what we're seeing ultimately is her flashback, mm-hmm. and that's a really interesting thing because there's only like what maybe three scenes in the movie that she's not in. Yeah. Right? Like, there's when, when Steve tells her the story of how he got to the island and how he, you know, sold the plane and stuff. But that's his story. So she's, of course, not in that bit. Yeah. Um, there's... The secretary and The Ares secretary and... and Ares. But she's part of that. And Steve and Dr. Poison. And but Steve she comes in at Poison. the end. Yeah. There's very little bits that she's not in. And so uh, the movie feels a lot like... Her not memories. a dream sequence, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like a flashback, and then she, then it ends with you know her looking up into the heavens or whatever, and then it brings us back into present day, where she's, she leaps, yeah, um, which is cool, and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to know like how they'll bring him. But don't you feel like in Wonder Woman, which I love how they never say it once. She's just Diana. Yeah beautiful but at the end it was like man after like single-handedly ending world war one well not because steve helps a lot with that but isn't like fighting crime on the streets of paris a little bit low for diana yeah maybe (laughs) but she still has that like that almost childlike innocence that that she hasn't lost even though seeing like it reminded me um of the fifth element you've seen the fifth element Mm -hmm. right so you know when, when lilu's like learning about earth yeah. And, and when she gets to the bit about war and she's just horrified, that was kind of my reaction when, when they were taking like, Diana through the trenches and, and stuff. That was sort of the same. And what Her she... reaction to that was the same as Lilu's. 
And I thought that was really interesting. And her reaction is like, no man's land? You're about to meet a fucking woman, and I'm gonna destroy you, and then destroy all these goddamn Germans in this village. When she leapt through that building, yeah, and she got in, and there's Germans on all sides, and she just spin kicks her way through those yeah. fucking people. That line, oh my god! Earlier in the movie, when she says to Steve, "Like I'm the man who can," that's when I wanted oh. to fist pump. That was like the moment because I was like, "Yes, yes, you are," and she can. She. Fucking absolutely she can. She can and she does. Oh, so good. Oh, God, it was so good. It really, really was. So, like, it that part was really interesting, too. Like, that, that line, like, you know, I'm the man who can. Mm-hmm. Because where she's from, there are no men. And there's no questioning whether or not you can or you can't. And of you course do. she can. Yeah. You just do it. There's. It's like, it's very much like you just do it. Well, you it's work your fucking ass off. Yeah, and it's, then you do it's it. It's not even you don't do it. You just do it. Yeah. And then if you don't do it as well as you want to do, you just do it again. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the fact that she doesn't have that that notion of, you know, gender, yeah. right, really. Um, and at the same time, like, she's gorgeous, right? And that's the whole point, because all of the women are gorgeous, mm-hmm. right? And that's sort of the whole point. is like that all women this, are beautiful. Yeah. And capable and, and strong. Very capable. And, yeah. Um, and she's just, oh, she's such a badass. It's so great. I know. I want to go see it again, like, right now. Now that we've talked about it for almost an hour, I want to go see it again. I've got plans to see it again. Um, because it was that good. But, like... And it's fun. It was. Like, I laughed. I laughed my goddamn ass off. Yeah, like, but it's funny, and it's, like, a little bit lighthearted, and it doesn't have that, like, dark, brooding, awful feel that other... And, like... And that's because your hero isn't self-hating. That's true. Like, I will see this. I mean, I love the Nolan Batman movies. I love them. All of them. Even The Dark Knight Rises for all of its problems and, and flaws and stuff. Um, and as much as it bothers me sometimes that Bruce is so broody about things, I never felt in those movies that it was dragging things down. No. Um, but I know that's one of the things in Batman vs. Superman that I don't like. I never saw it because why? But I haven't seen it either, but I know just because of what I'd heard about and just the way that they, like, changed the, the bat suit, Like, all of those things, I was like, I'm not interested in that kind of Batman. Um, and so this didn't have that feel to me. It was a little bit, a little bit lighter and a little bit more um, accessible, right? Well, yeah, and that's what superhero films should be. Yeah. Like this is not Tolstoy. No, this it's not high. Li- it's, not, it's not like high of literature. Fucking chopping necks and ripping out throats. Like, yeah. How dark and does that spin have to kicking be? their way through a band of German soldiers. God, using that friggin' lasso. Oh, so great. She's incredible. She's so great. She's really, really incredible. But she still has that, like, childlike, almost, innocence mm-hmm. and, like, hope for humanity. And I think that's why fighting crime on the streets of Paris is still a thing that she'll do and, and embrace. Because, yeah. like, while, you know, while Steve's taking her to the war, right, mm-hmm. as, she, as she asks take me to, to the war. take me to the war, yeah. but while he's taking her there through the trenches... Um, and she sees all of the, the stuff that's going on. She wants to help everybody. Yeah. Um, and, and she th- can't stand not being able to. And so I think the crime fighting thing. But then also stops for ice cream and says to the ice cream man, you should be very proud. Oh, that was so great. That was oh. such a great scene. <laughs> such a good scene. And like Steve just dutifully pays for her ice cream because he's like, yeah, here. And I mean, as much as her story is so unbelievable, like he obviously understands that. You know, she's not lying. Yeah. Because he's at least seen where she's from. It's not like a weird, 
and that's that's the difference too that I thought was interesting because you get like a Superman origin story um, where like he crash lands yeah and his his home is away somewhere um, and so then you gotta kind of like hide his powers and try and explain them and stuff but for her like Steve comes to her and yeah. he and needs her powers and needs yeah. her help and then he experiences some of what she tells him and so he knows that she's not making it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of changed the the for me anyway the trajectory of that story because he was allowed into her world. Yeah, she wasn't hiding it from him. Whereas like and Superman he forced herself himself in. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and they save each other right from the start. She saves him from drowning, and then when Antiope sacrifices herself for her, he makes sure that no one else can harm them while she's grieving. Yeah. over her. Yeah. Which is really, like, immediately they're equals. Yeah. Well, again, not equals. Not equals, because she's so much better. But they have an equal relationship in that. There's parody in their exchange. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, when they get in the boat to leave, like, he doesn't know how to sail, really. And he's just like, yeah, sure. You know, she's like, why don't you know how to do this? Like, Mm -hmm. as if this is the most natural thing in the world. Um, And that's really cool, too, that she's... That, or that he he's shown to not know things. Yeah. He knows a lot of stuff. And when they get into London, that's very useful and helpful. But there's things that he doesn't know how to do. And he's okay not knowing how to do those things. And I love that. Yeah. He's, he's confident and he doesn't have the same type of insecurities that a sidekick would. No, not at all. Yeah. Which is so great. So, so great. Um, and there's this wonderful bit, like, when he's playing around in the tub, which is just, like, I loved everything about that scene. Um, but she comes down just as he's, like, getting out, and so he's, like, stark naked, which I don't think for her is really all that bothersome to see people no. naked. No. Um, and he's just modest, and that's a product of the time that he's from or whatever. Um, and she asks him if that's normal, and he says that he's above average, and it's just... I think she says... Would you call yourself a typical a, example of your gender? Yeah, and he says, well, I'm above average. And that's, like, and the only... And he thinks about but it. But that's the only time that you really see him, like, being boastful. Because he doesn't really mm. do it in any other... In any other spot. Yeah. Because he's allowing her, like, to experience the world and whatever. And he just sort of lets that all happen. And that's, like, really the only time that he's, like... In any capacity, boastful. And you see him being compassionate to his men where he says, you know, I, we said it'd be a two-day job, but you've been paid and you I'm worried for your safety and I think you should go. Yeah. Which is, like, there's sensitivity there. Yeah. Which is really refreshing, too. He's so great. Like, and, and that's what's so wonderful. It's not just, like, a one woman breaking all the, you know, tropes about what gender are for females, but he challenges masculinity he does and he's ways. still very masculine mm-hmm. but he just displays it maybe in an atypical way yeah um which is really refreshing. and it starts from the fact that he's saved by a woman when his plane crashes and mm-hmm. then kind of carries on from there and says immediately thank you yes um and then it you know it carries on when they they get him to tell the truth and when they um when she sees him naked and, and he's he's vulnerable very yeah. vulnerable right yeah. and she's like nonplussed by the whole exchange um and then as they go through like and he's not embarrassed that he doesn't know how to sail yeah um he's not embarrassed once she sort of talks to him about it about sleeping beside her 
and it's very decidedly like non-sexual whereas like if that had been made by somebody else or if that film had been made by a man that would have been a very sexual mm-hmm. like weird uncomfortable encounter but because that wasn't the point of it and he perceives it that way and she's like no yeah and they just like lay there and then she just turns her back to him and goes to sleep Done. Okay. And then she wakes up and he's doing the thing getting them into London or whatever. But Also, like, we really need to talk about that because what? <laughs> they go to sleep overnight. Yeah. So In where is this island? Tiny, tiny fucking sailboat. But where is this island? That's I what I want to know. Goddamn clue. I, I mean, it has to be, obviously. Like It's in the Atlantic somewhere. Well, in the North Atlantic. It has to be. But it looks as if it's Mediterranean. Yeah, but there's like a. It's Dome. hidden, right? Yes. Yeah, it's hidden. And so it's always sunny. It probably never rains. Like, you know. So we're guessing friggin' North Atlantic yeah. in between Iceland and Greenland? Like, where is this thing? I'm not sure. I don't know if that's ever... Because the German boats find him, even though... Didn't he take off from Turkey, though? Oh, yeah. Because that gas plant was in Turkey, was it not? Maybe? I don't know. Because there's something with the Ottomans. Yeah. Oh, right, because, well, yeah, because Dr. Poison was writing in Ottoman and Sumerian. Yeah. Um, that's... But it's desert. Yeah. And he gets on a plane. Yeah. And then they shoot at him. Well, it's not as desert so much as, like, a, it's a, but it's at least, like, a step kind of landscape. Right? Is like, it's it not... Yeah. I'm pretty sure the chalks were in sand. Maybe. The plane. And then he gets shot at, and then he goes down, and there's already a boat of Germans there. Right. Immediately. Yeah. So they're not, I don't know, that's weird. Um, that's a very good question. Still great. Clearly should have looked that up before we started talking. Still have some. great. So good. I will go see it again. Mm-hmm. And you should all go watch it you again. You should all go watch it too. Because uh, it, was, it was super good. And so like, in the aftermath of this, we've read a lot of stuff about it. And one of the things that we read was about like, how Chris Pine is like, making his name as one of the Chris's. Um, which of course we talked about. The yeah, other three. Yeah. But I think, I, I feel like my ranking has to change now. I think Chris Pratt would be on like, the, the B team. I feel this. I feel bad for underestimating Pine. I mean, I'd seen him in Hell or High Water, and I know he's a very good actor. Um, and but, I do like him in other stuff. But this role, like, he just... He was perfectly cast, and he played it perfectly. Yeah. And I thought that was really, um, really interesting. I read an article, an interview with him um, from a few years ago uh, in Out Magazine. Um, and he was talking about his role in Star Trek and, you know, sort of... He was kind of making fun of, like, that that blonde-haired, blue-eyed, like, Hollywood hunk. And he's like, I know I am that. He's like, but I need... He's like, I need to be more. He's like, because yeah. there's so many of us, mm-hmm. was kind of his... Um, but it was a really interesting interview, like, just talking about looking for projects that sort of challenge traditional ways of thinking. And this is maybe one of those projects. What right? he did... He sang and danced into the woods. He so sure he was, did. His voice is okay. His voice is pretty good. But he's obviously okay with doing things like that, right? Yeah. As as part of what he has to do to get work, yeah. right? And he's okay with expanding, you know, and like so. The idea of himself. Yeah. Like so like, Hell or High Water is very good, and is a huge departure from like Into the Woods, which is a huge departure, and then like Wonder Woman is a huge departure from both of those things, and yeah. so like he's very versatile. Which is funny to go from one franchise to another. I wonder how that will... In Star Trek, you mean? Affect things, yeah, in terms of his shooting availability and... Well, they make, like, the superhero movies, they, they tend to be on, like, a three- or four-year cycle. And, yeah. and same with the Star Trek. And so they're in, if they're in alternating years... Because the last Star Trek came out, like, two years ago, three years no, ago? No, this past summer. Oh, this past summer, right, yeah. 
So, I mean, that means they will probably shoot another one for another next year, year yeah. and a bit. And so... And I don't even know if that's been... I'm not sure if it has either. Announced. I don't remember anything being green. Um, but for Chris Pine, yeah, I apologize for underestimating you a little bit. <laughs> We're sorry, CP. Yeah. And not the other CP. Yeah. The good CP. <laughs> so good. So many of them. Um, but yeah, we've been talking about... Um, there's lots of stuff about that. Like how he's sort of, you know, entering into that conversation. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he's great as um, Captain Kirk. Mm-hmm. He is. He's perfect. But I still didn't buy the, like sort of leading man star potential kind of deal. And now I'm On like, him. yeah, I'm And in. now you get it. 100%. That's so funny. Um, and he wasn't the leading man, which I think is what, like, he wasn't, he wasn't the top build actor. No. Um, and so, anyway, so uh, Chris Pine s- is certainly above average. Absolutely. In all of the ways. In all the ways. And he has a great, great beard when he <laughs> has one. It's got lots of gray and it's A plus good. There you go. Um, so that's that. That was literally an hour of Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm happy. Spoilers over. I'm so happy. Well, we're going to talk yeah, about gonna... House of Cards. Oh, that's it's... right. Wonder Woman spoilers over. House of Cards spoilers, a bacon. Okay, I have watched only the first season, so okay. you're going to have to. I, I won't go into too many spoilers because I know it just came out last week, so I don't want people to be... You gotta give people time to watch it because it's thirteen episodes. But have you watched it all? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, well, because all my kids were doing essays okay. all this week, and now they're due, so now I have to mark them. So I had time off. But it is odd because they filmed from July last year to January this year. Okay. And it is creepy how much of that season is in common for what's happened since January twentieth to now. Really. Like Megan, I'm I'm not shitting you extreme parallels. So, like, Donald Trump is taking, like, cues from House of Cards? Like, people testifying to Congress over obstruction of justice situations. When, um, from after they fired the FBI director? Or? An immigrant ban. Oh. Him challenging terrorists, election day controversy. Oh, wow. Ideas of, about Russia influencing. Like, it is so on point. It's mind-blowing. That's crazy. But Robin Wright on that show, fucking fantastic. Of course she is. She's amazing. And ends the year on such a strong suit. I think they can only... I think they can only do one more season, and then I think it has to end. Yeah. But what could happen next season because of what occurs at the end of season six? Right. Or season five? Five. Season five. five. Um... Is really incredible. Yeah. And I'm, like, really excited for what that will bring. But I think it can only go one season more. And if they go past that, they're just taking advantage of the fact that people like the show and are watching it. Right? Well, yeah, because they're in the White House now. And so much right. happens that challenges them and their power in the White House. Right. And Frank makes a decision and she makes a decision. And and there's only so many... There's only two ways that this can go. Oh, okay. So, and so if it goes one way... It goes one way. And if it goes the other, it goes the other. But either way, I think it should end next year. Okay. Interesting. But it, the parallels are, are <laughs> shocking. Because we were going to talk about this last week, and then we just decided not to. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. But, like, that's what I've heard from other people. Like, people that work at the Washington stuff, and they're just like, oh, my God. Like, did they know? Did they have a, a time turner? Like, what? Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my God. Harry Potter reference. Who are you? I say things about time turners every once in a while because I think it would come in very handy. 
Okay. So checkpoint JKR. Mm. <laughs> I was at the Windsphere last night too for the music of Harry Potter. Oh my god, it was so incredible. It was so fun. There's just something about, especially because the music is written by John Williams. Yeah. Like there's something it's about literally. his music. That just cuts to your heart, man. It's like his weakest film scores, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. They're not that great. Because they even played, because he did the first three, and then they switched, and then one guy did one year, and then um, someone get, did f- five, and then the same guy did six and seven, parts one and part two. And four, when they switched to the new guy, it yeah. was like, this is the most boring fucking music I've ever... Like, his... Oh, it's so it's so gorgeous. But it's not even John Williams' best work. That's like because his body work. Is I don't phenomenal. think it's his best work, but um, there's something magical about what he's able to do. Like there's even this part in book three, where they're on this crazy bus uh, going through London, and it's legitimately jazz. It's crazy jazz. Okay. Drums banging. There was a drum kit going, and there's the <laughs> the incongruity of. All of the instruments playing different things at the same time. And it was just perfection. And you don't realize that when you're watching the films. But hearing it and just being... You're not... None of your senses are visual. Yeah. You're just listening. Yeah. Oh, it was... Did they have, like, like clips on the screen or whatever? Because nope. they do that sometimes when they do, like, just like music. film music or whatever. They had, like, mood lighting. Okay. And sometimes I was like, this is not the color that it should be. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it should be green right now. Um, and not pink. But, oh, it was so fun. Um, and I went with Larissa, who was a great date. Thank you, Larissa. I, uh, I like film scores. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'll fall asleep listening to, like, um, The Batman Begins, which is just phenomenal. I know. I love film scores, too. Hans is great in that one. But what I found really interesting is I didn't, I don't have a single memory of what was the film score for Wonder Woman was. No, me neither. Like, nothing? No. No. Nothing. Um, I don't remember it during. No, me neither. And that's kind of Which an interesting Which is really thing. interesting. Um, well, so whatever it was, it wasn't very catchy. Like, that's, you know, it didn't have that, like, that... Because, I mean, even, like, even in Batman Begins, like, I taught it as a film study this year, but, like, that you can hear that motif. Yes. Right? Throughout. Throughout. Characters that, or, or yeah. feelings or locations. But maybe, or perhaps, I was just overwhelmed by how awesome everything was and on screen. And I think screen. that's what it was. That maybe I just didn't, didn't notice. you didn't need the music to no. pick up to take you there, you were there. And that's an interesting thing, too. That's that, a powerful film. That that happened. Um, but I was just thinking, as you were talking about, like, the Harry Potter film score, I was thinking about um, the Interstellar one. Mm. And there's the, the track... Um, on the soundtrack is called No Time for Caution when he's like docking the ship. Yeah. Oh man, it is so, so, and, so good. And in the theater, it's so loud. And it's designed to be. Yeah. Like it's it's meant the to be. The sound mixing on that film is glorious. Really interesting. It's just amazing. Because it's designed to be that loud to disorient you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to have like a night of that. Like at the Windspear with like the Davis organ. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Was that so Zimmer good. as well? Yeah. Yeah, Night of Hans Zimmer would be really interesting. He's done... He's done so much great work. Really good stuff. Like, the three Batmans are all phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and they're very different. Like, they still have, like, the common theme that runs through them, but, yeah. like, they're very, very different. But in different. number two, you get that tension on the strings. Yeah. Oh, that's so killer. Yeah. And then um, you look at Interstellar, which is just incredible Mm -hmm. so and that score tells a story without and like oh man so good so Mm -hmm. so so good 
Apparently we found another thing we're both nerdy about. I know, I love it. Um, Sometimes on Google Play, like when my kids are working, I'll play Epic Film Score. Me too, or like the Superhero Film Score. Either one, either yeah, or. Yeah, and they'll just be like, wait a minute, is which, this, which one is this? When it was songs, that was so much better because there were never any ads. Because the ads, I don't play it very loud. And uh, so the ads are always louder. Ads are so loud. It's like commercials when you're watching something on TV. I know. So usually Which they'll just you, play stuff. Supposed to, there was a law that the commercial was supposed to be the same level as the thing in Canada, but yeah. I don't think that's really happened. Um, CRTC has to be stronger yeah. about that. Get on that. Get on that, you guys. Because like, I'll just play film scores for my kids yeah. off my phone while they're working. Because I find it's better than other stuff. Lyrics. Or yeah. I will play music by Explosions in the Sky. Because yeah. it's all, there's no lyrics. And it's very, it's pretty mellow for the most part, and kind of lulls them into, into some quiet to get some work done. But it's not so quiet that they fall asleep. Do you want to talk about Kimmy? I do want to talk Jimmy. about. <laughs> I do want to talk about Kimmy Schmidt. So, um, I saw something. I don't know if it was maybe from Jess on Twitter um, that David Diggs was in like season three of, of Kimmy Schmidt, and I was like, what? Um, but I remember when that announcement was made, and you were like, I'm still not going to watch Kimmy. That's I true. That's probably that's probably very I true. But then I was like, and she was like, "Oh my god, it's so good!" And they like once just saw it, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" So I watched it, and I watched all thirty nine episodes. Yeah. And the show is ridiculous. Like it is insane. <laughs> it is. Um, the premise, if you don't know, um, what's her name? Ellie Kemper. Yeah. yeah. Ellie Kemper plays Kimmy, and she was like locked in <laughs> a bunker. She's a mall woman. She's a, a mall woman. She's locked in a bunker in Indiana for fifteen years, and John Hamm is like the Reverend, which that casting choice is just brilliant. I know. Um, because John Hamm has a lot of personality. He he's so interesting as a comedic actor. Yes. Like I honestly think he's wasted on drama. Um, so wasted he's on very drama. good at it. At, at being a dramatic more actor, interesting he's very interesting creative. as a comedic actor. And so, so they're locked away. She's locked away with these three other women, and then they're found and whatever released. And then she ends up in New York City. She wants to like see meet, the world, see yeah. the world. And, and she's, she's so resilient. Like the females are strong as hell. Is the yeah, is the theme song, and she's wonderfully positive. Like nothing is gonna crush her. Nothing. Like she's out to crush the world because of what's yeah. happened to her, and that's so wonderful. Um, and like. So she's just looted, and like the situations that she's in, like everything, it's just <laughs> insane. Um, and she ends up living in this apartment with Titus, and he's just Brilliant. oh my god. Um, and so like I watched it, and I mean like I don't love it. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't put it in like one of my top five or top ten favorite shows but or it's anything. Fun. But it's super fun and it's super lighthearted. And even when like the characters are down about things, like. It's, it's still it's fun. It gets soft. Like when Titus is sad about Mikey, because Mikey's just so dumb and wonderful. I know. Um, He's so pure. I feel so bad for Mikey. Yeah. Because he does deserve better than Titus. Oh, he totally does. Um, but Titus lets him free. Yeah. Because he knows that. But then he wants him back. Well, yeah, because he's lonely. Of course he is. Because he pushes people away, and he um, poops in a gas station. <laughs> he poops in a gas station because he, because the what's their bathroom for? Oh, I can't remember what it's like for getting ready and something else. Like it's not for yeah, pooping. It's no, I, like something it's, else. Yeah, it's insane. Um, His but doll. Yeah, it's something. weird doll. It's crazy as shit. Um, but I so I watched this, and then of course David Diggs is in the third season, and I was like, I'm super enthralled by him, just sort of in general, because he's mean? wonderfully talented. Um. Like, just... But I also think David wasted on television. Maybe. But he's also only had, like, small bit parts, yes. right? And so I feel like we'll get to see 
So if you don't know, he was um, on Broadway. He was the original um, Lafayette and Jefferson in Hamilton. And Which we did it both at the public. Get ready for three episodes on Hamilton oh, in the summer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, one of my most played tracks on my phone is... Um, like cabinet is? battle number two, oh. like yeah. Not battle of Yorktown. No. Really? No. Oh. I like right hand man better than battle of Yorktown. Really? Yeah. There's lots of things about. We're we'll gonna talk have about to it. hold yeah, on we'll to this until the summertime. Um, but I was watching and I was very intrigued by his role. And my favorite thing about it, like his name is Perry, um, but his real first name is Refrigerator. And I <laughs> had to stop and I laughed uproariously because if you don't know. Refrigerator Perry played for the Chicago Bears when they won the Super Bowl in 1985. Oh my God, really? Well, his name was William Perry, but he was so big they called him Refrigerator. So when that happened, <sighs> I thought it was so funny. Refrigerator's so clunky. Yeah, but I just the fact that they that, that this poor guy's mom joke, yeah. named him Refrigerator, and yeah. so he goes by Perry. I thought that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> um. And he has so many great lines. And I was going to text that to you, but I was like, you probably don't know. Never mind. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't really get it. But um, <laughs> I there's so many great lines from him that are so throwaway about, like, how his life is just full of injustice. Yeah. Because he's a black man. Yeah. Like, oh, I worked for three years to get into Columbia, but you just show up. Okay, I guess, white girl. Like, yeah, and he just kind of so... walks away. And then... He's delivered so flat. Oh, so great. Oh, he's brilliant. He really is. And, but he's, like, just super talented, and it's kind of super fun to watch. Because, um, like, he's... Um, and so, like, the episode where they're rapping about philosophy is just... And it's funny because he's so... He is such a talented rapper. Like, he is so, so... He's, he's fast. In real life. And he's verbose. And and so to watch him... clipping is phenomenal. So to watch him, like, fumble his way through... Like, that must have actually been hard work, to, like, fumble his way through a rhyme. A terrible a rhyme. A terrible rhyme, yes. And have Kimmy come and be like, My name is Kimmy, and yeah. I'm here to say it. It's so bad. Because he, um... Like, he was on Jimmy Fallon, um... Last year, I guess, when he had been, like, when he was nominated for the Tony Award. Um, And he was on Jimmy Fallon, and he, like, comes out, and the Roots are playing a song, like, a clipping song or whatever. And then, you know, Jimmy asks him um, to do a little bit. And so he just does, and he just, like, starts on this clipping song. And, like, he did it slower on the show, Mm -hmm. on on Fallon, than it is on the album, because I listened to it, and I was like, well, even in, in Hamilton, doesn't he say 13 words in six seconds? No, 19 like, words in like three seconds. Three seconds or Which is a lot that? of yeah. words. This is a in a, With a French yeah. accent, too. Yeah. Um, and he's not... Which is okay. But he's not French. <laughs> like, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, And so it was, I was really intrigued like watching him, and I was like, man, I hope he comes back. Like, I hope there's more of that. Because they didn't close it off. No. Um, Kiwi, like, threw a garbage can at him. <laughs> That was, and then she's like, "I'm sorry, I threw a garbage can at you." She's like, "There could have been rats in there." Like, would you pause baby with the rats. refrigerator? Like, yeah. would she threw that garbage can in there? I paused and just laid on the floor <laughs> because Kimmy is just that's. It's not like she ran away. It's not like she fell into herself and imploded. You know, like Daisy Buchanan. Yeah, she threw a garbage <laughs> can at him. Because he told her that he was going to go to divinity school and become a reverend, and her only association with reverends is the rapist. Is the rapist who <laughs> like kidnapped and imprisoned her for fifteen years, and so like she was just horribly her offended. Gut by reaction. It. Yeah. Was this throw a garbage can? Oh, so funny, so 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 funny. So good. But anyway, but it's and it's funny too because like it's it's an entertaining show, but it's not particularly good, and that's like 
No, it, and it's there. But I don't know if it's very meant little to be. depth to it, no. and I think that's because the characters themselves have, you know, Kimmy's the only one with any depth whatsoever. No, and they're kind of caricatures of, of what and a character she, would be. She there's a lot that she's repressing that she's not yes. trying to be deep about too, and and, and they that's did that okay. in an interesting. Like she said, "Oh, you're going to marry a rapist," and that's the one thing they've ever said about her being in the bunker yeah. with the men for yeah. 15 years, and it's throwaway and it's gone. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. But then, like, at the end of season three, when she wants to be a crossing guard, and then she can't, yeah. because she's married to the to the reverend. A sexual offender. And he's a sex offender. And, you know, like, that's a, almost a little bit heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. But then she's just like, okay. Like, you know, she'll get over it, and she'll... She'll find something. She'll figure something else out. I love how she's just a beast at rowing. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's, like, my size. She's so tiny. It's so funny. Oh, she's cute. It's, it's super entertaining. So if you're, like, homesick someday, watch it. It's fun. It's very fun. And, like, not everything that we consume has to be highfalutin all the time. No. It can be fun and it can be good, too. Yeah. And it was super, super entertaining. Lisa Kudrow as her mother, so great. <laughs> and, like, it was almost like Phoebe Buffet was her mother. And even, like, the other mole girls are fantastic. Oh like, the one who speaks Spanish. Yeah. Or, like, Cindy. <laughs> or, so oh, my oh. God, Cindy. Cindy's so funny. Her starting her own call was so good, too. Oh, so great. Anyway, you should watch it. Yeah. Um, In honor of episode 10, we've got a top 10. We do have a top 10. You want to go first? So we were talking about this today while we were at work. <laughs> making, making our lists. And I, I threw out a, hey, we should do a top 10. And what was your response, Megan? Oh, I don't remember. Um, um, we should do top 10 garbage fire episodes. Oh, yeah, top 10 garbage <laughs> fire episodes. Okay, so I would say number five. No, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what we've no, talked about. Number three is the best one. Um, uh, Is that the one we talked about today at all? I can't remember. <laughs> It is, and it's the, it's the FMK one. Oh, is the it? Is that one. really? That's, okay. That's, my favorite that's a pretty good one. The one where Kelsey cries? Yeah, that's one. Um, yeah. I like that one. That was a pretty good one. Okay, so are you starting from number 10, and then we'll go Oh, yeah, to like, one? you gotta, yeah, yeah, I think so. So what we decided is, in keeping this theme of Wonder Woman, that we would do our 10 favorite, I guess. Superheroes. Like superheroes. Movies, like movie TV yeah. superheroes. And, it, and then we kind of decided it was, like, superheroes that, um... We want to see more of. Yeah, so we enjoy them. We enjoy their stories. Not like they're the best. Yeah. But we enjoy them and, and are... And want to see more. And are compelled by them and... and I bet you we could also on the fly do a list of top ten we don't want to see any more of. And I feel like uh, our list would be pretty similar. No, because you like someone and I don't. We'll get to that at the end. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't like Batman, it's okay. No, I don't like Hawkeye. He's a piece of garbage. Uh, comic book Hawkeye is so good. Yeah, but that's not what I'm, we're doing. <laughs> he's not on my list. It's okay. Okay. But I like Hawkeye because I like Jeremy Renner, so in the movies. That's the only reason. Okay, my number 10 yeah. is Thor. Okay. What's your number 10? No, just do your list. Do your whole oh, list. Yeah, let's Number do yours. 9 is Mystique. Oh, okay. Number 8 is Black Widow. Okay. 7 is Magneto. 6. Falcon. Oh, may surprise you. Okay, all right. Five, Cap. Four, Black Panther. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for that movie. That, that's going to be a whole episode, too. Three is Wolverine. Two is Luke Cage, because his show is amazing. And number one, of course, Wonder Woman. Really? So psyched. Interesting. I'm really, really happy that um, Superman's not on your list at all. Superman's a piece of garbage. Superman is the worst superhero that exists other than maybe like Spider-Man. Like, all of the rules about him are absurd. Dumb. They're so dumb. Yeah. They're really, really stupid, actually. Um, but you know who I really liked in, in... 
What the fuck is the first one called? I keep wanting to say Superman Begins. <laughs> That's not it. But Man of Steel? Yeah, Man of Steel. <laughs> Russell Crowe I thought was really good in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was a thing. Yeah. But he's obviously Yeah. Not um, I always thought with that one that what they should have done is you know in that scene in, in Man of Steel where he like is back in the ship and he like opens whatever to reveal the suit? Yeah. That's where that movie should have ended. And then there should have been a second movie I agree. that they dealt with like Zod yet. and all of those things. And then Batman versus Superman wouldn't have felt so like hurried. Yeah. Right? Because Batman versus Superman came out what, in twenty fifteen, which is only three years after like the last imagining of Batman. And I felt like that to me that was too quick. Yeah. I agree. So if there would have been more time, that would have been a thing. Um okay. Cheers. My I have some of the same on on my list that okay. you have. Um I said Ant Man. As ten. As number ten. Mm-hmm. Um I like Ant Man an awful lot, but I do, but But I wonder I don't know if I would ever like like I liked Ant Man because it's Paul Rudd, because I enjoy Paul Rudd. And I've watched a lot of things with Paul Rudd in them in the last like month. Because he's like randomly in perks of being a wallflower. Oh, he yeah. was also in the Romeo and Juliet movie that we teacher, watched. Right? Right, oh, and, his hair. and he looks exactly the same. And my I know, kids that were like, guy's "My kids were like, when was that Romeo and Juliet movie made?" I was like, "1996." And they were yeah. like, "They were like, when was Perks of Being a Wallflower made?" And I was like, "Like 2012." I was like, "Paul Rudd is an age. He's just like a bionic man. He's a beautiful man." Um, so I would say Ant Man. Okay. Um, I would love, love to see more of Hawkeye. I would, and I know you don't like him, and that's okay. I don't like him. Um, so I feel like Avengers Two was enough of him as a story. I feel like I get it. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, it was, re- yeah, that was really like a Hawkeye movie, which is a very bizarre yeah. thing. Um, so there's number nine. Number eight is um, Gamora mm-hmm. from Guardians of the Galaxy. I think okay. I see a little bit more about her. Um, number seven is Captain America. Mm-hmm. And oh, part of that... I am shocked he's so low on your list. I don't love Captain America. I liked Cap 3 a lot. I liked to, but no, he's, there's something about Steve that's just a little bit, he's a little bit too, pure. a little bit too pure. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is one of the reasons why you're not going to like the next one. Um, Wonder Woman. That, really? That low? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But part of it again is her, like, her idealism, right? Where, like, that to me. Isn't interesting to you? It's interesting, but it's, it's a shtick that only lasts Okay. For, that only goes so far. I see what right? you're Right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, and then I have Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Black what Widow. What number is that? Uh, Black Panther is number five. Five, okay. Black Widow is number four. Okay. The Punisher, number three. But not like the movie Punisher with Thomas Jane. Like TV John Punisher Bethel. with John yeah. Berthold. He's so fucking good. Yeah. Uh, number two is Thor. Mm-hmm. And number one is Batman. Because you can never have enough Batman. I know. You really love Batman. I really love Batman. Except for Ben Affleck. Um, that just I'm still not convinced by it, and I don't even dislike Ben Affleck. I really don't like Ben Affleck. Um, Devin, like, our friend Devin, I have no idea if you listen to this, but you're wrong about Ben Affleck. I like Ben Affleck like in the town and in. Um, I thought he was good in Gone Girl. I thought he was perfectly cast in Gone Girl. Like, there's no one else who could have played Smarmy Nick, whatever. Agree. Right. Because that's who he is in real life, and I'm just fucking done. With um, it. I like him in Good Will Hunting. But I think he's not really acting very much in Good Will Hunting. Um, that's but, why um, I don't like him. But that's... Uh, so, Batman, generally, you can't have... Um, there can't be too much Batman. But you, there can be too much Ben Affleck. So, that's my, <laughs> that's my justification. Okay. I understand. Um, I will... Also, I don't like Superman generally as a superhero, but if, Henry, so but if Henry Cavill wants to be Superman for a while, I will watch those movies. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, what I don't like about his shtick that I think Wonder Woman does better is that he's out to save the world because it's like he views humans as weak. Yes. And Wonder Woman doesn't see it that way. Well, and the other thing about Superman that to me is just really annoying. It's like the thing that, that most affects him doesn't exist on Earth. Mm-hmm. And so like there's so many things that he can do that he can just do and there's no there's no impediment to his um, to his ability. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's all these like, weird manufactured like things. But like I also really super hate Spider-Man. And I think a lot of that has to do with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. My um, kids love Toby's Spider-Man. Because when I think of Toby as Spider-Man, I don't think of him as Spider-Man. I think of him in, like, the third one when he's, like, looking like Pete Wentz. Like, that's what I think of. Me too. And, and I can't get around it. I can't I can't do with him. Like, Toby's good at a, an emotionless performance. Oh, so good. But Although, when he tries to be emotional, like in Gatsby, when he says, get out of here, to the reporters, every time he says that, I want to laugh. Although... I did see him in a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal called Brothers. Yeah, I've seen that. He was very. I thought he was very good in that. Coming home from the like, I thought I was surprised by, by how, how good well he, I he heard played. He's also that really role. good in that chess movie. Yes. The Bobby um, Fisher. Yeah. Chessmaster movie or something yeah. like that. I've heard he's good in that. He's but um, but yeah, I think as a superhero, he was maybe. Not but he's also choice. in the Pussy Posse, so. That's true. True story. Um, so is that that's all we got. That's our top ten. Top yeah, that's ten our top superheroes. Ten. We got so many questions. We, we have so questions. many questions. Um Do you which want me to do great. the email one first? Yeah, let's find the Twitter one. The one from Larissa? Yes. Larissa okay. gave, she sent a number of questions. She did. Some on Twitter, some on email. And this is one she sent to email. She says, Please give your rules in regards to a quote unquote free pass in a relationship. My understanding is you pick a celebrity who if you happened upon and they wanted to, bang, it would be okay for you to do so. Hell, I've heard about peop- of people who pick three free passes or a male and a female free pass. The other person in this relationship, who she's speaking of, believes she can choose all of Britain and Australia as her free ca- pass because hashtag accents. So we need to clarify what we We need think. to clarify what the rules are around that. She says, verdict, re- verdict required, gracias. Okay, so here's my thought about the relationship that she's talking about. I feel like if you want to claim everybody who's British or Australian, fine. But then once you sleep with one of them, then you it's can't. Done then forever. it's done. That's how I feel about that part of it. Because it's not specific. It's one not like... Done. Yes, it's, it's a one and one done. Person. Whereas if it's like a celebrity thing or whatever... Right. Or it's just like a, super, a hot a person group. that you know. A group, yeah. Yes, then it's a one and done. But does it just have to be one? <laughs> no, I said, well, maybe not. I don't know. But like, but I'm, that's sort of my, what I'm envisioning, right? Is like, yeah. that's, I, that was kind of the thought that I had when I read the question. If that's that logic anyway. about that, like, group, yeah. I'm on board with you there. Yeah. Because we were talking about time. this a little bit at work, and so I want you, I want to know what you think about, like, this concept, because I know you don't really like I the idea. I don't like it. Why not? No. Um... Because there's just some of it that bugs my internal values of what relationships and marriage are. Like, I've been in a relationship since I was 17 years old. The same relationship. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. Right? And as much as I come on here and talk shit about, like, how much I love Taylor Hall, in reality, I would not bone Taylor Hall. Like, I'm committed to a relationship with my husband. But what if and, what if you were in a relationship? And I wouldn't break that just for a fucking one night stand with a celebrity who doesn't give a shit about me. Fair, but like, what if you were in a relationship where? And, and this is this is what I was thinking about. This is sort of like the thoughts that I have about it because like, I don't really have an opinion 
ultimately. Okay. Because my own personal situation, like, doesn't dictate that I need but, to think about it. But my thought okay. on this is, like, what if, like, if someone... I fundamentally don't have a problem with the idea of, like, the past. Like, I don't particularly care. Right? And I think for most people, I think the idea of it is just, like... It's like a fantasy joke. It's a fantasy. It's a joke, and it's just I something to, like, to, like, laugh about or whatever. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I've, I think that there are some people who are in very committed relationships that are 100% okay with the idea of it and and yeah. would be and, and in in pra- in like in practice would be okay with it too and, and that's, that's not for, for me to to pass judgment on yeah. right no i agree. um but I'll, but i think for the most part like you know you make your list or whatever and it but it's like it's like i said to you earlier today like it's just the chance of it actually happening is like it's infinitesimal so, yeah. that it doesn't really matter who's on your list mm-hmm. because like but uh, yeah it's I, never going to be a thing I get that. And I and part of that also is perhaps for me how I think about relationships and how I think about sex is I don't think that for me personally sex cannot be an emotional act. And so that's like where there's I, emotions attached to yeah, it regardless. And so that's where I draw that line. Yeah, I don't it's have because, that same. Right? And that's that's why other people think that it's yeah. fine and like they've got their list and yeah, I would I would bang that person, whatever. Well, and then you asked me earlier, like, do you have a list? And I was like, well, like, yeah, there's, like, people I wouldn't kick out of bed. Yeah. But, like, you know, whatever. But then what does that say about you when you have a list of ten celebrities that you want to fuck? It just, I, I don't think, I don't know if it says anything. I think right? it just means that you're a human know. being that, like, you know, appreciates. But Because I don't think, I don't think people, I don't think people make those lists, like. I think people do. But I don't I think, think people they make... categorize them and keep them. But I was gonna say I don't think people make those lists based on like you know anything other than like purely physical, right? And like we're hu- like you when you see, <laughs> but you know what I mean. I like him because he's a painter. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like I don't, th- and then, that's the thing. Like I think people look at what they see and like, I don't know, like yeah, okay, you know what I mean, like right. But I don't necessarily. But I, for, for lots of people that I know anyway, I don't know if it necessarily goes even, like, even beyond that, being like, yeah, I would. And that's that's a funny thing, because like, me and my husband don't have those conversations. See, I, I don't... other people. I don't know if anyone... See, I don't know if anyone, like... I don't know if anyone who's had that conversation with their spouse or their partner. People who have spouses and partners, send in how you frame this convo do you have this convo is it a convo or is it like a thing that you hold in your heart yeah because like the, the but people then that how i can know it be a free pass the it people, has to exist if there's a the people that i know like they, they've you know they sort of have had like the vague conversation that's like oh yeah you know you got your like your zach F, or whatever it doesn't matter who's on your list right yeah um but i think oftentimes that what when you say that i think it's sort of an acknowledgement of like you know all circumstances being absolutely perfect I would do that but like there are all of these variables that have to exist for that situation to be real and so like when you say that person's name I I think that the the acknowledgement there is sort of like yeah it's never gonna happen like do you know what I mean yeah and I still wouldn't I still wouldn't still wouldn't make a list I, I still wouldn't do the thing I think I think most people wouldn't do the thing, and that's I think the interesting. I think there's a lot of people who like the theory of it makes sense and like oh yeah, big about it. But when it comes right down to it, wouldn't do it. Um, for whatever reason, right? Like, but I I I think that lots of people who say they would wouldn't actually. Yeah. Um. People who for who like sex doesn't have to be emotional. Yeah. Maybe it's easier for them. Possibly. Right. Um. 
but even still, like, I feel like for me, if I was in a committed relationship, I don't think I could do that either. Like, that would be weird. Right? Like, and you, I think that depends you've on made, what... You've made a decision... The boundaries of your relationship. Yeah, and you've made a decision yeah. to, like, be with somebody. And if that's monogamous, monogamous or if it's not, that's probably an understanding that you and your spouse have. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Together. So... Yeah. Obviously, if you're not monogamous so like, in your relationship, then yeah. that would be an easier thing Yeah, so if you have do. an open relationship or yeah. whatever, um, then that makes it a very different question. Then I, I don't think it... But I think for people who are in more open relationships, I think that, like, the list becomes a lot less fantastical. Because there's because that Because there's that understanding yeah. that it exists. Whereas, like, I think for most people, it's, it literally is, like... Yeah. You know the farthest like it's never gonna happen mm-hmm. but if it did this is who i'd want it to be like do you know what i mean i think that's yeah. more the the angle that people take on it too it's not right. like you know if i run into so-and-so in an airport like do you know what i mean it's not that i don't for lots of people i don't think that's the right the way they think about it hmm. but to answer the bit about like all of britain or australia first of all <laughs> let's clarify these like british accents because some of them terrible <laughs> like fucking liverpool or terrible. um manchester terrible terrible most most like like dover Seaside. down there don't do it <laughs> don't um do cockney it. accents no. no we gotta we gotta talk gotta about go this proper brit or like welsh or Scots or Irish. But, like, not the Lowland Scots. No, you know? Lowland Scots, yeah, yeah. Or, like, like, but, like, Dublin Irish, not, like, Tipperary Irish, because you might not <laughs> be able to understand the words that they're saying. But if you're just there to fuck around, what's, what suppose. does it matter what the words that you say? Um, but we just need to clarify that, Larissa. So if you could get back to us with that, we'll uh But we'll, either we'll way, we know. think that that all of Britain, all of Australia thing is wrong. Yes, and if, 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 if so, it happens, you can do it one and done, and that's one it. One and done. Um, that's the same to that. <laughs> Garbage fire approved. Stop. Yes. Okay. Uh, Larissa sent us another question on Twitter, and I had to actually look up the answer because I wasn't sure. She wanted to know what a chamber choir was. Um, yeah, because we had, uh, at the symphony last night, there was uh, a featured Yeah, so she says, please explain chamber choirs to me. As well, how does one join, and is this a strictly European thing? The answer is no, it is not a strictly European thing. Um, a chamber choir is an ensemble a choir of roughly between um, 8 to 40-ish singers, 8 to 35 or whatever. Um, and they typically sing either classical or religious music in a concert setting. So it's not like yeah. a church choir. It's a choir that is together the for the purposes of singing, yeah. like for performances. Um, and they're also called chamber singers. Um, and so that's really, and it's not a strictly European thing. I think that's where it was popularized just because of the cathedral singing and that sort of thing, but... Because um, the one that was performing last night was kids from the age of 6 to 16, I think. Oh, okay, cool. And they're from somewhere in town. Like, I... They were, like, the something neighborhood singer, and I was like, I have no fucking idea what this neighborhood is. Oh, cool. I haven't lived here that long to know, though. But, um... They, they're, like, second in North America. Oh, wow. Like, year after year after year. Wow, like, oh, interesting. First, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Always like a mess. Yeah. Um, I was a bridesmaid, never a bride. Interesting. Yeah. Which so I that's. I really don't like that phrase. What a gross gendered phrase. It is a. It's kind of like why buy the cow when you can get the mug for free. All of those gross gendered uh, phrases. Oh, like why have? Yeah. Have why get why gr- what, or no? What is it? Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? So like, why would you marry? You're gross. When? Ew, yeah. that's even yeah. gross. They're super gross. Okay, that's not what I was thinking, but that one's real gross. Um, our Amanda. Why asks, buy the cow? 
Yeah, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? This is messing me up right now more than that actor who looks like Connor McDavid. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that, Pete Blackburn. Thank you for introducing us to that dude. Um, Amanda asks us, what are your thoughts on Joe Manganiello hosting the NHL Awards? Mine are, yes, that's Amanda's words. Um, Mine are pretty much the same. Um, Also, he is actually a legit hockey fan. Um, And so I think that that will make a difference in, like, how that works out. And honestly, like, now I'm... Little bit interested in watching. Oh, I'll probably, probably watch parts of it. Still. I'll watch. Well, I, it's on a Wednesday night, and I'll be at Trivius, but I'll like it'll be on at the bar, and I'll probably like pay attention when he's on screen. When is it? Is it twenty first? I think. Oh, so two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Um, Amanda's other question about hockey is: Would oh God, so many hockey questions? Um, would you be okay with the Oilers trading Everly to the Coyotes for Dylan Strom and a late round pick? Yes. Anything. Yeah. Just get rid of them. I don't know who Dylan Strom is. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Um, a bag of pucks, a shooter shooter, a also, backup this is bully. Not a hockey podcast. Um, well, it is sometimes. <laughs> no, it's not. Sometimes. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, Fake Steinberg wants to know. It seems there are a lot of hobos in Edmonton. Where are the best places to go watch them in action? Well, if I you, thought this was really that if made you me talk laugh. Talk to our friend Devin behind Mercer Pub. Yeah. On 104th. Mercer Tavern, yeah. There's a nice uh, dumpster area that they like to fornicate in. Oh. And he has caught a number of them in there a number wow. of times because he lives right down there. That, yeah, he does live right down there. That's right. I've driven home a couple times. Yeah, that, that's a good place to go, uh, which is not very far from Rogers Arena. Draw your own conclusions. You know, it's just see one show, see another show. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes also, um, what else? Where I'm trying to think where else. Lots of downtown, just mostly downtown. Like City Center Mall, just hang around there. Oh, yeah. Some. Or like the LRT, the Churchill LRT station, Churchill Square. Churchill Square is a pretty good place. Yeah. Um, now that there's no grass, it's not quite as creepy as it used to be, but there like... There's grass? Oh, yeah. When I was in high school, um, it was all grass, and there was like paths through it, and then mm-hmm. they like paved over all of it to like keep the bums out, basically. Oh. And now they're like, oh, we should probably have some green space there. Anyway. Yeah, so they're okay. putting some green space back in. Um, so there you go, Fake Steinberg. That's that's for you. Um, we already talked about Chris Russell's extension, mm-hmm. so that's not happening. And also, like, never again. Like, it's it's going to happen. It's whatever's going to happen <laughs> every week. And we'll I'm just ignoring it. I'm not week. responding anymore. Why um, I'll come up with it. I'll come up with a canned answer. Okay. For next time. Um, Jess wants to know uh, thoughts on audiobooks. We love them to teach with. Oh, they're the best. Because when you have kids, especially who don't speak English as a first language, they can read the book and follow along and hear what the words sound like. It's perfect. Yeah. And it also guarantees that the kids are at least getting some of the book, because I can't promise that they're going to read. No. And it's really nice, too, to have your kids all on the same page at the same time. Yes. Because there's so many, like, when you're teaching, especially in high school, you think in high school they should all be at the same same reading level. They are not. And they are absolutely Ugh, not. It's terrible. Um, so they're really awesome. And like when kids miss and stuff, and then you're like, hey, this is where we are, you get caught up. Yeah. But then you can always start and stop at the same time. So I have like the Audible subscription. Me too. And so I can get a free book every month for whatever it is that I pay, which is nice. Because sometimes some audiobooks are super expensive. Some of them are like $25. Yeah. And a paperback for that same book is like 12 Yeah, and my subscription doesn't cost that much. So like no. it's like it's I'm totally getting a discount. It. And um, you can return them yeah. at any time and get another credit. Yeah, that's insane. It's so awesome. Um,. And sometimes they'll have, like, cheap audiobooks, sometimes for, like, 2 or $3 sometimes, and so I'll pay for those. I won't use a credit on those, because that seems silly. Because why? Yeah. Silly to waste a credit. But I like using them. I, I can't listen to an audiobook if I've never read the book before. Me too. That's what I discovered. Um, unless that's all I'm doing. 
but I can't focus on anything else if I'm listening to an audiobook of a book I've never read. If it's something I've already read, I can listen to it, no problem. I agree. Um, but I can't I can't do that. For traveling and stuff, I'm sure that it would be nice, though, to have an audiobook. It's kind of nice in the car. Yeah. Because you're, like, you know, muscle memory, you're just driving, and you can really focus on it. Yeah. But I find even here at home, I've, I've had... Um, Chris and I are both trying to listen in 1984 at the same time, and it's, like, impossible. Yeah. And I've read the book before. A number of years ago. Yeah. But even when I went to Sylvan last weekend, I was like, well, I might as well just reread chapter one because I still, I've listened to it three nights in a row and I still don't know what's happening. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So it depends. And I guess it depends on what you're looking for. But audiobooks generally, I think, are pretty good. Um, another book question from Librarian Mike. <gasps> um, he wants to know, what's the book that gives you something new every time you read it? And for him, oh. it's the book Neuromancer. Um, that's a really good question. For me, it's Jane Eyre. Oh, I love that book so much. It's wonderful. It really is. I love the Bronte sisters so much more than I could ever like Jane Austen. I know. Jane Austen is just... Whatever. Well, I mean, part of her thing is, like, you know, her life was so patently unhappy that, yeah. like, all of her books have that happy ending. Um, and the one that's closest, I think, to her is, what, Persuasion? Mm-hmm. Um, which is my favorite of hers. And it's the only one that I've read straight through without having to read, like, the zombie version. Um, but it's yeah. also short, so it's not a hard read. But there's something about Charlotte that, like, she she wrote a gothic novel. Yeah. It is fucking good. It's so good. And it's a, like, it's a feminist yeah. discussion of what it means to be an independent woman. When I was teaching at another school, um, they did Jane Eyre as their play one year. Oh, no way. It was so good. And one of my... How did they do Bertha? uh, One of my kids was um, Mr. Rochester, and he was just so, so good. Like, it was just delightful. Have you seen the Michael Fassbender version of it? I have. Oh, he's good at that. I will watch anything that Michael Fassbender does. Me too. Um, Yeah, and it was was so fun to watch them do this book on stage. Like, it was incredible. Mm -hmm. Um... And they had really cool lighting. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, the lighting was kind of helped to, to add to the add to the mystery of that. Um, so, okay, what else do we have here? Tom asked us a question of some kind. That's not what I wanted to do. Um, Tom asked us, "Was Wonder Woman better than Logan, or are the two films too different to really compare?" I think they're very different, and I replied to him that. Wolverine is infinitely more emotional yes. than Wonder Woman is. It is. Because it's the closing of a story, granted. But... Oh, and they're... Logan was badass. He is. Like, if that movie had been just fight scenes and Johnny Cash... Like, stripped down Johnny Cash vocals, I would have loved it anyway. Yeah. Like, it was so well done. It's and I really good. I saw the black and white. Did you? Oof. It's beautiful. Oh, I know. I wanted to. It's very, very beautiful. Um, they're... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you can say one's categorically better than the other because I enjoyed them both. Because they're to accomplish both. different things. Um, I didn't want a fist pump at the end of Logan. Oh, I bawled my eyes out. Me too. Me and like ten friends, and we're finished, and then we're outside the theater, and they're all talking, and I was like, I love to talk, but I can't stop crying. <laughs> like it was um, insane. But at the end of Wonder Woman, I was just like, I just wanted to match the patriarchy. Like it, it was two very different emotional responses yeah. for me. But they're both very they're good. They're both wonderful. Um, and then he asked his third question. It was like, how would we, where would we put Guardians in like these superhero movies? You know, like, because there's been three this Compared year. Compared to Logan. Logan and Wonder oh, Woman. Oh, Guardians at the bottom. 
Is it sure? I hundred. Yes, it is not as good as Wonder Woman, and it is. But honestly, I'd put Logan one. Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman two. two. See, and I don't. I don't even know if like, and I don't know if you can even compare Guardians because like even that tonally is so different from the other two, right? Like, um. But just in terms of my enjoyment of them. Yeah. Like, they all are really trying to accomplish different things. Yeah. But even understanding what Guardians 2 is trying to accomplish, like, it's that filler movie, it's still just not as yeah, good. that's true. It's not as good. Um, oh, I forgot to answer Mike's question about books. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. Um, well, I just discovered, again, that reading the last chapter of To Kill a Mockingbird Out Loud makes me cry. Um, I didn't know that was still a thing. I thought that, that, that had stopped, like, in my 20s. But no, apparently not. <laughs> I was, like, reading out loud to my kids the other day, and I was like, oh, God, don't cry in front of the children. Because um, there's this really wonderful But at the end. But for me, something it gives me something new every time I read it. Um, oh, God, I don't know. Um, maybe Boy's Life by Robert McCammon. Mm. That's, like, number two on my list of all-time favorites. Um, and every time I read it, I just have, like, a, another emotional response mm-hmm. to this story. It's so, so good. And it's funny because I've never read anything else by him because he writes horror novels. And I, that's not my jam at all. And Boy's Life is, like, the least scary of his books. Oh, and so it's the only one I've managed to... Because I've read, like, even just the, the jacket descriptions of the other ones. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of sound terrifying. Freak you out. Yeah, yeah, I don't like the idea of it. Um, also, our friend Aaron Kelly said to us that he he's legitimately a he's a real he's a robot um he legitimately watched a quidditch match when he was at school in new york and it was fantastic is what he said okay. oh and another question from jess which was on my own twitter uh if taylor hall was going to be a character in the mcu who would he be oh that's an interesting question that's a really good question okay so what do we think are taylor hall's values and or special skills He's loyal, I would think. I'm thinking about him as a golden retriever, so, like, okay, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. But I think he would be. I feel loyal, like he would be. Loyal, right. Um, um, accuracy. Yeah. I mean, he's athletic, right? So he's yeah. got he's got some athletic skills. He's probably very agile mm-hmm. um, within that realm. Um, oh, temper. Yeah, he's got a bit of one. I'm kind of thinking. This is really tough. That is a tough question, because we don't actually know really anything about him, other no. than like the little bits that he's shown us. Right. But like, could he be someone like? I feel like he could be someone like Falcon. Oh my God! That's exactly yes. what I was thinking, Megan. Yes. I was about to say Falcon. I think that's exactly who he yeah, is. Yeah, because like, because Falcon has those qualities. Like he's got yeah, and know, he's salty AF. He is so <laughs> salty. Um, but yeah, he's got those qualities. But also, you know, like when somebody gets at his friends or whatever, like he doesn't back down from that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm boom. So- Amazing. Look at Amazing. us go. Look at us go. Is that it for questions? Ah, uh, that is all I have for questions. If I missed your question and you asked this one, I apologize, but I can't find it anymore. No, those are the ones that I remember. Um, yeah, I don't see any more audiobooks, Chris Russell, Hobos, um, books. Um, books. Oh, from Larissa. Oh, two more from Larissa. That's right. Sorry, I forgot about hers. Uh, real question Lego or Canucks? Lego. Lego. I, yeah. There's no question. There's no question. That was a silly question. 
Um, but Tinker Toys. Over Lego. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and her other question is, I'm new to woodworking and use my compound miter saw for most projects. Any ideas for beginner projects that don't use a table saw? She said this into a woodworking podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I just want to see what reaction is. <laughs> um, oh, a project that doesn't involve a table saw. So you're just using a miter saw, huh? Um, I don't know. A birdhouse? Build some Ikea furniture. <laughs> <laughs> All that requires is an Allen key. Um, sorry, that was rude. I apologize. Um, yeah, you could build, like, small stuff, like a birdhouse or, like, a clock or, like, some kind of, you know. You could whittle? Yeah. You don't need that to even use a power saw. tool. Yeah, you could just whittle something. Um... A whittles with a C's. Do you remember that Simpsons episode? I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> is, is it Quimby fighting the bear? Uh, maybe, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I think... Uh, or snake fighting the bear. Like, yeah, like a birdhouse bear. or something. You don't need a table saw for that. Or you could get a table saw. That's the other option is to use a table saw because table saws are awesome. There you go. Um, <laughs> You're welcome for that technical <laughs> advice on this yeah. woodworking podcast. Yeah, there you go. Um... <laughs> We're going to have to maybe change the title of this episode. <laughs> no. Um, no, we can't. Uh, any any final thoughts? Any Anything else you want to wanna get at before we get to like the thank yous and no. the things at the end that we talk about? That's day? it. Um, go see Wonder Woman. Please go see Wonder Just Woman. Just do it. It's, it's so, 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 so And don't good. waste your money on garbage-reviewed movies like Pirates and The Monomy. No. Go see something that's worth your time, and Wonder Woman is worth your time. Do you know what else looks really great <laughs> from the trailer that we saw? Dunkirk. <sighs> Again, strings. Love. Tension. Love Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. He's got a, a vision. And I thought it was gorgeous, too, when he's got the the words on yes. screen and it's the water in the horizon yeah oh looks so good it's gonna be great um yeah and go see listen to harry styles's new album because it's good um uh, or watch the carpool karaoke with harry and james corden he's so really great good also show. the carpool karaoke with ed sheeran and james corden phenomenal i honestly couldn't give two shits about ed sheeran i think he's super talented i'm not I really i'm not talented. overly i don't care much about him as a person i think he's super talented as a musician though I agree. And it was fun that part was fun i don't really care about his music no i think his music leaves a lot to be desired like it's catchy sure i think he's got some really i think good he's stuff. got talent he's got good stuff that's not he doesn't do anything that aren't singles that's yeah always kind of how it goes um yeah but go yeah go watch wonder woman mm-hmm. and like just enjoy it for what it is because what we talked about this the one thing we did talk about on tuesday after we saw it was that like the theater was full Mm-hmm. And which we were happy about. We were very happy about, about it, but annoyed because the theater was full. Um, I was really happy those people decided us like didn't get up and go to the washroom because I would have absolutely I like know. flipped something. It was a hell of an experience, but um, but it was so nice the theater was full and like people enjoyed it. And laughing. I was, and I was laughing thinking about how gasping. different that would have been had it been in like a female only screening because I was thinking about that too. Um, and had it been a female only screening, I wish it I might have fist pumped when I felt like fist pumping. I would have been more open with my reactions for sure. Yeah, I think so too. Um, maybe someday. But it's real good. It's so good. Go it's see real it. Real good. Go see it. Um, Do you have any thank yous? Um, I want to say thank you to, I don't know, nobody. I got nothing. Thanks to you guys for listening again mm-hmm. and asking us questions and like paying attention to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks Tom for still listening. Even though I called you all last week. What the issues? Um, they won again tonight, by the way. Uh, 
There you go. Just saying. Um, no, thanks for listening because we do appreciate it that there are people that are willing to say stuff. Um, thanks to Matt Burns for validating our choice in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and also sort of spurring me on to rethink my rankings of the Chris's. I know. And his commentary was pretty on point. Too. It was pretty on point. And, you know, it was really interesting, too, because he's got a daughter. She's like six or maybe seven now. Yeah. And he's like super excited about this role model. You know that's out there. That's out there. Um, for and his daughter, yeah, and that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening and thanks for indulging us and you know asking us questions and stuff. Yeah. And I have a lot of thank yous because, like, as you guys know, my husband has been gone for a long ass time, and like that's that's hard when the person that you live in live with is gone for eight weeks. So I've had a lot of friends like step up and be awesome and spend time with me and do really awesome things like you, Megan. Like doing this is amazing each week. And, like, my friend Larissa and my friend Alyssa and my sister and especially Malcolm because, like, we don't see each other very often because he's usually working fucking nights and he's my BFF. But yesterday we actually got into an argument and a disagreement and there was no way that either of us was going to understand each other. Yeah. And I just said to him, I think we're at an impasse. And he said, yeah, okay, I agree. And so we dropped it and then, like, five minutes later we're laughing again. Perfect. It was wonderful. So I've got great friends, and I want to thank you all for being awesome. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, and, yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Stitcher and iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. Um, we'll put a link to our Stitcher site on uh, our, our site, website, our blog. Yeah. Um, drop a rating and leave us a review. Um it helps people see us. Yeah, and it would be nice to, like, you know, bump up in some rankings and stuff if you like what we're doing. And, well, you know, I think that's how people get into heaven, though, is saying nice things on the internet. St. Peter. You don't believe in heaven. St. Peter. Well, heaven believes in you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird. Um, and I'm an atheist. Me, too. <laughs> I'm just trying to get the people to yeah. do what we want them to do. Um, what she actually <laughs> says here in our script is, it makes us happy, and more importantly, it's probably how people get into the afterlife now. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? Uh, but you can follow us and send us a line uh, to our email account, especially if you have a question that, like Larissa's, is longer than Twitter will allow. Yeah. Send us an email. It's garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com, and I am at garbagefirekels. I'm at MIG14, and you can follow us on Twitter at GarbageFirePod, or, like, send us stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like, pictures of above-average Chris Pine, <laughs> if you really wanted to. Or reminders of how many goals the Chicago Blackhawks scored in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Any in of com- those things. In comparison to anything. To literally anything. <laughs> like, we have mentioned, we've used the words above-average in this podcast more times than the Chicago Blackhawks. Than Taylor Hall. Scored well. goals in... You just made me lose my train <laughs> of thoughts. That's okay. It's usually what Taylor all does to you. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking as you said that, that yes, we haven't talked about... We didn't really talk about him. We just talked... Other than who he would be in the MCU universe. Falcon, 100%. Yeah. I'm so... Like, we're just on the same wavelength. And now I'm imagining Taylor Hall as Falcon in that scene in Cap 3 where they're, like, in the car watching Cap, like, hit yeah. on Sharon. Or and, even, like, watching them just... It's so good. Or even when he's, like... What does he say to Black Panther in the car? Like... Or to, um... Oh, yeah, the... He's like, so you got claws or something? Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever, something like that. Some fucking quip. Yeah, something a little smarmy. Anyway, um, yeah, and so... Send us stuff on Twitter, we like that. Mm -hmm. Or President's Thing. 
Did we even do the poll last week? We didn't do the poll last week. <laughs> We're good at our job. We're terrible. We'll do that. So, <laughs> shit. I was like, oh yeah, who won that? And I was like, no, nope, didn't we make didn't the polls. Do it. We um, didn't do it. That's so my bad. That's Lincoln my job. And Lincoln that, and Obama. Lincoln and Obama. Yeah. Okay. That'll go up on Sunday. We'll do that on Sunday. Yeah, we'll put that up on Sunday when we put the episode up. Whoops. <laughs> Despite that. Despite all of that. Thank, thank you. you so much for listening. <laughs> and we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>